1: that. I'm Steve Norman, joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. Paul Field. Evening, Steve. And this week's special guest, uh, former journalist with GQ, an actor, producer, stand-up comedian whose last tour was titled How a Middle Class Feminist Fell in Love with Danny Dyer, and the person <laughs> who's having a film of his life made titled Comedian's Guide to Survival, James Mullinger.
2: Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs>
1: What
3: what are you doing on here, James?
2: Well, you know, it's one of those things, it's like everything in life, you know, CVs are meant to sound impressive, but when some like-minded people get in touch and say, let's talk talk about Danny Dyer, I'm never going to resist that. And, you know, the the, the amazing thing of what you guys do is you call yourself the fellow critics, you're very self-deprecating, but I've listened to the podcast, they're brilliant, you know, and not not many are, so... uh, uh, well, I say not many, our lots are, but there's lots of lots of shit ones, and, and yours is a very good one. So oh, it's an honour to much. be talking to you guys too. Good.
1: Do you realise that for this this corridor of praise, this week was pencilled in for Christopher Lee? <laughs>
2: <laughs> was <laughs> it really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's been bumped for Danny Dyer. Has it, been, been bumped literally?
2: Bumped did, 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 <laughs> yeah. did Danny Dyer, like, bump him off? To literally... Yeah. Is that what happened? We, Christi- we were due to do Christopher Lee, and we were we were all in the pub
3: and I gave all the guys a present of a Danny Dyer DVD and we tweeted a picture mm. and then Danny tweeted us back and said he'd give us a tenner for the lot and that, that nice. sealed it really.
2: <laughs> Christopher Lee was bumped off to make way. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad we're doing Danny Dyer. Yeah. Because, to be honest, Christopher Lee gets recognition enough. I mean, only a couple of weeks ago there was, you know, full pages devoted to him in all the newspapers. He's overexposed, that bloke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it could put it that way. Yeah, that, I don't think we'd argue. That's fine. Um, yeah, but we are we are inducting Danny Dyer then into our into our corridor of praise. Um, our illustrious, which is good. Yeah, yeah it is. I think I, I think it's good. Um, we were we were sort of strong armed into doing this by Paul because Paul, how many films have you watched of Danny Dyer's in the past? Was it a month, two months? It was
3: about it was about six weeks. Um, I think the last count was thirty nine, forty, if you include some of the, the like I believe in UFOs and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, so that, that's basically all of them, right? That you've yeah. seen every film. And and, Everything and in si- the book. Well, which is great. I mean that's and that's pretty much the time span I and Jonathan watched them all in as well. Like we pretty much I pretty much my actually my son, my youngest son who's now two was two actually the other week was born and over the following six weeks i this book the book was due so i had to watch the same number as you over that six weeks so it's a weird thing not sleeping at all at night and then getting up at four in the morning to watch football facts <laughs> the business you know before <laughs> uh yeah so uh i i i feel the uh the pleasure that you've been through
3: it was good i i you know i, I thought oh god this is going to be a nightmare why have i agreed to do this but actually it was a real a real proper laugh, and having the book, even the terrible films, yeah. it, it made them a lot better to to read the kind of the story behind them and yeah, it really did make a lot more sense, and it made the whole thing it was an absolute blast. I really enjoyed it
2: well and that 's a big part of what we wanted to do with the book when we decided we were going to do it was was we weren 't going to sugarcoat anything. And we were going to say why we felt the films didn't work and why they weren't any good, but also more to the point, how many actors could you do a book like this with where you would get actual honest answers out of them? Like you read this book, Danny is saying, Oh God, yeah, that film piece of shit. And here's why it's because the (laughs) the director was a dick. It's because my cast members were all bastards, you know, and and I didn't help myself because I turned up you know, drunk on set every morning. Like who else would do that? To, to, To me, this is one of the reasons why I love Danny Dyer so much. Um, He's almost one of the only actors in the world who is honest to his fans. To me, I find nothing more frustrating than when I watch uh, like a a bona fide multi-multi-millionaire like uh, Matthew McConaughey or whoever, do a junket interview, and I don't know why I've singled out him, but they do a junket interview and they do hundreds of them and they talk about how their new film is the best film ever and all of their fans go and waste their extremely hard-earned cash on those extortionate cinema tickets, extortionate DVDs, and then a year later they do an interview where they talk about what a pile of crap it was. And you think, so basically, why, I mean, I mean, there's no, in no other business would you would you fall for that twice. Like if a plumber told you he was going to do a good job for you and then your house was full of shit, you, you, you wouldn't <laughs> hire that plumber. Again and yet, yet these, these these actors like McConaughey just lie, fill your house with shit, drain your bank account, and then they put the same thing on you again. Dyer, it just says when it's shit. And and really, I can't think of many actors other than someone who was like in their eighties and about to die. Uh, bringing up Christopher Lee again, um, uh, uh, <laughs> who would actually be that honest? And yeah, it, it, he has been. And so that's kind of why I think the book worked, and also why, um we actually got some quite good reviews from publications you wouldn't expect good reviews from like Empire and the Telegraph um, because of the fact that it is, he is just completely honest.
3: No, I I, I totally agree. And touching upon McConaughey, we, uh, we did a thing where we talked about all the, all the films where he made a, where they had a poster of him
2: leaning against the leading lady, and they're <laughs> yeah. all shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did <laughs> a guy in ten days? To yeah, he's leaning in both of them, isn't he? There's <laughs> oh,
3: more than that. There's a whole yeah,
2: somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Funny, but yeah, that's why. I'm, yeah, so you're doing the right thing, and and it's it's you know, Danny is is unique in that way. Um, what was actually quite interesting doing this was, that, of course, I was forced to watch certain dire films in weird situations. So actually. So my son, uh, son had just been born and my wife, who's from Canada, and obviously we live here now, but we lived in, in Tooting, South London at the time. And her parents came over from Canada to, to to stay. And of course, in the evenings, once the baby was down and we're having a night in, we, I, of course, would have to pick a dime movie to watch. I couldn't waste time watching anything that wasn't a dime movie because the book was due. So on one particular day, it was like, right, we're going to watch Run for Your Wife. Um, which at that point hadn't been out long, but of course had received the worst reviews of any, mm. or, or not necessarily the worst reviews, it, but the worst, certainly the worst press of any film ever. And what was quite interesting for me about this film that had been so you know, torn apart, you know, and, and just abused left, right and center. And, it, you know, kind of made like kind of page three news and, you know, in all, every, every single news outlet was kind of jumping on, on this with glee. The fact that it was it was such a failure. Um, and yet yeah, I sat down to watch it as a, you know, at the time, thirty-five-year-old man, thirty-seven-year-old wife, and her parents are in their in their sixties. And the interesting thing about having this movie on was that we were all actually entertained for the duration, and no one was offended. No one, um, we didn't turn it off. Um, we all kind of enjoyed it, and I believe that was kind of the intention for it was for a, it was for them to make a movie which the whole family can watch together which people don't do anymore because of Netflix and iPads and everything else. The family doesn't. So very few movies nowadays are designed to be watched by everyone like they were back then, like movies like Please Sir and the Carry On films, which is obviously... I was
3: just going to say the Carry On. I mean, I'm a huge... I'm older than you, so you know. I'm I'm, I'm a huge Carry On (laughs) fan. And uh, we'll we'll come to to your wife later because, yeah, I'm going to be bigging it up.
2: Oh, cool, cool, cool. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I
0: have to make a confession, though. We kind of did cover it on Failed Critics, and
2: yeah, I, I I I I read it and I heard it, and and and, <laughs> and, 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 and you you know you are right in yeah you know, well of course you, everyone's entitled to their opinion and you are right but my point was simply going to be that the 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 amount of press this got for mm. being a not very good movie last night I watched Hot Pursuit with Renee Zellweger and <laughs> Sofia okay, Vergara yeah. which uh which is is just unspeakably just facing awful and and there is just so and and it's just bizarre like my, my, my wife and I love both my wife loves Reese Witherspoon and we both like it's like how could this be wrong and then you're watching it going how the hell did this get made like was someone not looking at the script going where are the jokes why are there no jokes did they really think that those actresses could just do it without I mean it's so unspeakably awful and yet it got bad reviews, rightly so. But it wasn't like headline news how bad it was. And I honestly do think that Run for Your Wife, made on a on a on a fraction of the budget, was a significantly better film. In that I didn't want to like gouge out my eyeballs while I was watching Run for Your Wife. Whereas during Hot Pursuit, I actually did want to just burn my TV. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, and, and that's kind of. I mean, I'll, I'll probably keep coming back to a, a similar theme, which is the. It's it, it's just it, there's no. Correlation to the slagging that Danny gets mm. compared to what critics will give other uh, actors and actresses.
0: They tend to be more harsh on Danny Dyer than they are other people. You know, I, I, to to some extent, um, I think Danny Dyer does have a kind of uh, character. Not, mm. Well, maybe not character. Maybe that's not the right way. Right, but a sort of persona that, um, that obviously makes him a bit of money, and he's more than happy to play up to. I think I've seen him on on TV shows like. Um, uh, when he's been on Soccer AM, or yeah. if he's been on um, 8 out of 10 Cats does Countdown, or whatever, whatever TV show he's on, and he plays up to it. And he, but at the same time, um, I think there's more to him than just this character that people see in snippets. On but It seems, seems, um,
1: seems to me what I've seen when he's on panel shows lately, that where, earlier on in his career, he might have like been playing up this character. Now he just seems to be being himself a bit more, Yeah, and having, and having a laugh
2: at himself as well. That, that 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 is a fair point. You're right. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's definitely um, he's definitely a lot more uh, confident, as you say. So yeah, he's not playing up to it as much. But there's still an element, as as we all are in in you know um, when you do public things, you, you you play up a character a bit more than you know. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with him, you know, professionally and and some time with him personally, and um, yeah, the kind of swaggering geezer isn't isn't how he is when you're sat Mm. there chatting i mean obviously obviously there's an element of 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 that but he definitely gives uh producers what they want when he goes on a on on a chat show uh Mm. yeah that that much is definitely true yeah
0: okay well i think with that in mind then i do have a short danny dyer quiz prepared for everybody yeah, oh,
3: um, can I just say, i James, I've never won the quiz on this show. I've ne- I don't think I've ever even got a question right. And not I even listened to it. <laughs> I thought, you know, what, this is the one for me, I'm gonna win this one. And they
2: bloody bring James Mullinger on, who wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? It was a long time ago and a lots happened, so d- don't worry, I could be. I was actually thinking earlier, I was thinking, God, I really should go and watch some more films, but actually, it's a be- it is coming back to me a bit, some you know. But let's do it, because you never know. You never know.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay. first question is probably going to be quite easy, I think. Um, So in the Football Factory, Mm. Danny Dyer's Chelsea fan character Tommy says that rather than go and spunk his wages on kebabs, fruit machine and brasses, he knows what else he's going to do. What is it?
2: Kick some cunt's head
0: in? No, (laughs) it's not. It's not.
3: God, I don't, do you know what? I even watched a bit of this earlier, and I don't know. I don't remember that line, but I don't remember the one after. It's, it's funny because it's such a
2: similar line to the one in the business when it's like, you know, I could yep. go and you know, what else was I going to do? Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah. Um, uh, Steve, it, Steve, you can um, have a
1: guess. I know, isn't there a bit at the end of one of his films where it's just a caption that said so he went and followed cricket? Is it that? <laughs> I think it is,
0: was, bollocks. No, it's not that one. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you a clue. It's um it's a football team away.
3: Oh oh, yeah, oh Millwall
0: away. It's not Millwall away. Show West Ham. It's not West Ham away. You can have a guess, James. we will put you all at your misery. Yeah, I
2: I, I don't know any other football teams.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's Tottenham away. Oh. Oh, no, no, no yeah, 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 you know, it does it does ring a bell now. Okay. Naught
0: points. This is going as well as our quizzes normally go. Okay, this perfect. Is <laughs> yeah. Okay, second question. Uh, which film that Danny Dyer starred in currently is his highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: Ooh. Oh my God, that is a bloody good question. Jesus. Okay, highest rated on... Okay, I, I, I'm going to make a guess here. Uh, on, I, I'm not Googling it just for the record. I'm just looking at a list of the films. I mean, it's probably something like the... the... Oh, I'm guessing Wasp isn't on there. It wasn't Wasp. No, 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 no. no, no. So I'm going to go with, like, The Trench, maybe?
1: I'm going to go with Borstal Boy. I'm going to go with Adulthood.
2: Oh, No, no, it's none of those. Okay, can can we have a second guess? It's run for your wife.
0: (laughs) It's not run for your wife, no.
2: No, Let's have a second guess. Hang on. Go on then, have a second guess. Okay, Okay. so I went with... What did I say? Trench. Where's the fucking list? Okay, I'm trying to find the list in in the book. Okay. Is it human Uh, traffic? Oh, yeah. Human traffic is second. (laughs) It wouldn't be Football Factory, would it? It's not Football Factory. Go on, Steve. Steve. Um, Is it then the business...
0: The business is third. It's actually severance.
2: Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I tell you why Actually, I, I wouldn't have got that, but the reason being is that was, I mean, obviously it was well reviewed in the UK, but it was really well reviewed in North America where again, people aren't watching it going, Oh, it's fucking Danny Die." They're watching it going, well, wow, this is a brilliant piece of British horror comedy cinema. They're not, they've got no mm-hmm. preconceived ideas.
3: Well, I have US Netflix, and if you type Danny Diary, it only comes up with one film.
2: (laughs) And what is it, Severance? Uh,
3: No, it's um, Human Traffic. traffic.
2: Mm. It's Human Traffic, yeah. Mm.
3: So all of those terrible gangster films don't exist in North America.
2: (laughs) No, although weirdly, I have an HMV where I I live in, in, in New Brunswick in Canada. Like... We still have rental, we still have, not only do we still have rental DVD shops, some of them actually still have some VHS in there, right, and that's not to say I'm in a backward place, but it's just, you know, it's how we roll here, right, and, um, yeah. and you know, record shops are thriving here, um, HMV less so, it's, it's more like, sp- specifically record shops, but the HMV here isn't massive, like, it, it's, you know, it's like a, I don't know, like a smallish, I'm trying to give you an example, uh, Half the size of like the Redding WH Smith, say, right? But the, the <laughs> but the, but the, but yeah, yeah, fucking pretty specific there, right? Half, half the size, not even the size of oh, that, that, the WH Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah that What's one, it? right? We're all on board. We're all on board. We all know where we're at. Um, and they have some odd fucking DVDs in there. Like they have Dave Courtney's original Gangster, <laughs> right? Which I bought, obviously. And, oh, and they also had, I saw last week, they're Bonded by Blood. And I just thought, this is all I can see why a British low budget horror movie could be packaged for the North American market and people might think it's American or whatever else. But, 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 I mean, and, and granted, the Dave Courtney one does say, you know, the, the, the color of the clockwork orange for the noughties, which it ain't just for the record. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it's remarkable. So, um, so, that, and weirdly, Assassin, Danny's uh, last movie mm-hmm. is, is, is on my on demand. On my TV, on my Canadian TV, oh. uh, along with a, a, a thousand other movies that I haven't heard of, like similar kind of things. But, but you know, yeah, interesting. I, I
3: can't buy Canadian DVDs because of the the French on the spine.
2: Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> it, it is. Um, it is. It is an annoyance. I'm going to be honest.
0: Okay, so I've got cool, I've got three more questions actually. Okay. So we'll see if someone can actually get a point yeah. by the time this quiz is done. Um... If you've been doing your research, you may have looked at Danny Dyer's Wikipedia page at some point yes. over the past couple of days. But according to his Wikipedia page, what is Danny Dyer's occupation listed as? Oh,
2: his Wikipedia hmm. page. Interesting oh, yeah. question. I'm not going to go because that would be cheating. Uh... Oh. Take note, Steve. So I guess, I don't, I guess <laughs> it does it say geezer?
0: It doesn't say geezer, no.
2: geezer. Um, it, so. it, it, is, it... It, is it is it a joke or is
0: it serious? It's kind of serious. So
2: it's obviously something. Tespius
0: actor. <laughs> it's not Tespius. Yeah. yeah. Did Steve? Did you say actor, Steve? Well, oh yeah. Well, obvious. That? Oh, yeah. A- actor is part of what it says. So it's what actor, has comma something what else.
1: Well, he done. Else. Um, because I was doing research earlier. He was. Raconteur, bon vivant. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was chairman of a
0: football team for a bit, wasn't he? Like a really. Oh, rough... I, I will give you a point for that. I think. Yeah, it's listed as actor, former football chairman. Oh, well <laughs> oh <my laughs>
4: God,
3: Steve.
0: Yeah,
2: win this, isn't he? <laughs> it, it, it is a fun game of Wikipedia, right? To work out which bits have been written by the people themselves. <laughs> yes. Because, exactly. like, with a thing like that. Do you think that there's any... I mean, I know there's people that are addicted to updating Wikipedia pages, and if they notice things that are wrong, they correct them. But I very much doubt anyone in the world was sat there going, looking at Danny Dyer's Wikipedia page and saw Occupation Actor, and they thought, oh, come on! They've forgotten <laughs> the fucking former football team chairman bit! Like, no one but Danny Dyer has thought of that. To be fair, yeah. James,
3: yours is, still says junior photographer at GQ. Does it really? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it's funny you say that I did actually have a it's weird actually I say this with all all authority Um, someone I know actually did message me after hearing about the film and stuff that I was doing saying you should update your thing because it's really old like hasn't been updated for like five years or whatever and um, I and it is a fair point and I thought well I well I I, you know obviously you would like to you, your ego would like for someone else just to go and do that but no one's going to but it's that weird thing of trying to write it in a way that doesn't make it seem obvious that you've written it like do you know what I mean like James Mullinger is a fucking brilliant alternative you know I mean like you know I mean I mean you know and it's that's all that's the whole trick of it but in this instance I do think Danny has done that can you not
3: can you not click on to see who's edited it and it comes up Jay
2: Mullinger I, I, I actually don't know. I honestly don't know how it all works. <laughs> I assume so.
0: You need a pseudonym. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mine, mine says musician, producer, songwriter,
1: saxophone, guitar, guitar <laughs> ba- bando <laughs> ballet. <But> no, no. <laughs> it's sort of, right. Yeah, it's, it's a curse sharing my name with the saxophone player in an 80s band. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Always playing. getting his emails and yeah, yeah. having to sign autographs yet. Yeah. Okay, question four. Which Grand Theft Auto game, or games, did Danny Dyer appear in? Uh, Vice City. Yeah. And the one after Vice City. Is it the
1: Ballad of Gay Tony? <laughs> it
0: wasn't the Ballad of Gay Tony, no. Um, Any yeah, idea, James?
1: No idea.
0: Nope.
1: I think I know the name of the character. Does that get me a point?
0: Go on then, I'll is give it, you the is point. Is it
1: something Paul?
0: That's not knowing the name. That's a very Kent, liberal Kent Paul. idea of knowing the name. Kent Paul is his name. Yeah. yeah. How I'll give you the point. Did points.
1: you know that? <laughs> I like playing games where I shoot prostitutes. <laughs> I, I've sat watching Danny oh,
3: yeah. for six weeks on end and I haven't got a single point if you played a video game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Vice City and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. In fact, one thing I noticed, I watched Football Factory yesterday and. It, that are playing Vice City in Football Factory. Oh That's really? A, yeah, you see a snippet of them playing it on the whatever console it is That's they've quite got meta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Steve has pretty much won this because yeah, there's only yeah. one
2: question left. He's definitely won it.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> and I don't know ha- how... you can you can play this last question for pride if you want. Go on. Okay. Danny is a popular presence on Twitter with 1.9 million followers. But how many accounts does Danny himself follow?
1: You've, you've told us this ad nauseum like, in the last few weeks. 423. 864.
0: Nope. This is pretty much a guess game, but I'll Thousands. give it to the closest. It, it's actually 500 exactly. Oh. It was when I looked this morning.
2: I'm gonna, there you go. I'm going to go on now and check. Oh yeah, check the pastor still follows me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a great day. The day you followed me was a uh, magical day. Yeah, same for
3: us. He followed us when we were in the pub and we all started celebrating.
2: Nice. He yeah, did, nice. yeah. I'm not kidding you. That is awesome. There we go.
1: Talking about his Twitter, I still love his 9 11 tweet.
2: Yeah,
1: it still freaks my nut to this day.
0: Well, that's quite good because that, that leads into our, our next question, Steve, for the panel. What was your first introduction to Danny Dyer? Mm. and what was your initial opinion of him and how different is your opinion now my first introduction to Danny Dyer the first thing I I mean I I was aware of who Danny Dyer was but had no like I hadn't watched his films at that point I hadn't seen him in TV stuff Um, was that tweet that was the first thing Yeah, 10th of September 2012 it was wow Mm. the first time I I was talking
1: to Paul about this last night I was 13 when human traffic came out so it wasn't that wasn't my first you know, first time, yeah. time I'd seen Danny Dyer or anything. I think when I was fifteen, Mean Machine came out and that was the first film I'd probably seen him in.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, no, yeah, I was just gonna say, I mean, I mean for me it was de- it was definitely human traffic. And um I mean I say that, I may well have seen the prime suspect with him in as a rent boy, but I wasn't thinking, well, it was that fourteen-year-old boy. Um <laughs> but um uh, but when Human Traffic came out, I mean, Human Traffic just—I mean, uh, people talk about movies changing their life and everything. I mean, Human Traffic for me it was such a moment. I was—I was—I I was, just—I was at university, obviously, doing all the things those characters were doing, and never before had a film spoken to what we were all doing, i.e., getting pilled up and having fun. There was—you know—it wasn't Train Spotting, it wasn't Loved Up, which obviously Danny was also in. And I remember when Loved Up came out. Actually, to be honest, it would have been Loved Up. Because I was at school when Loved Up came out, 15, 16. And Loved Up was, of course, a a Lena Heady was in it and Ian Hart was in it. And it was supposed to be a kind of anti-ecstasy thing. Like, you know, oh, it all starts out fun, but they all end up, you know, wanting to kill themselves. But weirdly, we all watched that at like 14, 15 and went yeah but the upside looks bloody good and um, <laughs> and, and, and we were loved out over and over and over again, and it was weird, even though people to joke about it now as being this kind of pathetically um, obvious anti drugs ever it was definitely the thing that made me and all my schoolmates go let 's definitely do that so then five years later, when human traffic comes out, so new you know, it 's like a year after train spotting, which of course we all loved, but of course you know the train spotting was not it was not speaking to us it was um a different world and a different drug of course and uh, when human traffic came out it was just um we just couldn't believe it it's like okay well where's the where's the where's the you know the, the tragic ending or well, there isn't one it's just and it's to me even to this day like regardless of all of that even now I'm a kind of you know straight laced father of two uh, to me it is just such a perfect film with no plot and and one of the greatest tragedies i think is the fact that justin Kerrigan has gone on to to make no other films and you just think how can someone make such a blisteringly brilliant movie. And, of course, Dyer is the star of it. And to this day, I have friends, and I'm a 38-year-old man, I think. 37, maybe. Um too many pills, Um back in the day. Um, but I, I, with my friends, we still do that nice one, brother, nice one, brother thing, you know. Um, so it's interesting that it is, has become so iconic. And I remember actually sending my – I've been – Again, you know, I was in my first year at university and I remember sending my dad to watch Human Traffic or him asking me what he should see. And he went to see it. And it was interesting because, of course, you know, he was a, a middle aged, middle class bank manager that, you know, a, whose only experience of, of what we were doing and, and our generation were doing was from the Daily Mail. Um, but he suddenly went to, to Human Traffic and just got it, like came out and was no longer this kind of, you know, uh, terrified, and I actually, he did actually, my dad actually asked to go clubbing, with, and I did actually go to Fabric in East London with my dad. You did after, I, I absolutely oh. did. Um, <laughs>
4: um,
2: because of human traffic. So, I mean, for me, I mean, the movie itself, I think is amazing, but obviously Danny is just incredible in it, and of course he came out of nowhere and delivered that performance, which, to be fair, wasn't the greatest stretch, but equally, people often say that, but it's kind of like, in it's a very different thing being, you know, obviously he was somewhat like that character, but it's a very different thing being able to do it on demand in front of a camera. In the same way with mm. stand up comedy, you know, the guy that is the funny guy in the pub or the funny guy in the office will never be the funny guy on stage. Like, you know, 90% of comedians are not the guy who everyone's going, oh my God, Joe hilarious, you should do stand up. And like the majority of, of stand ups are the ones that are crying in the toilet and then get on a stage. Um, the funny, you know, the shittiest comics at an open mic night are the guys that are probably hilarious at the pub table. So it, it, it's, it, it's often it, people often joke like, oh, that, you know, they say that about actors like Danny. Like, oh, well, he's just playing himself. Well, well no, I mean, he's, he's doing it on demand in, in front of a camera. And even though they were on some substances for some scenes, as Danny revealed in the book, um, it's still a remarkable performance. That was a long answer.
3: <laughs> and, and also my answer
2: oh perfect <laughs> no, yes. mate, I,
3: I'm, so I'm i'm 46 so when mm. you were going to fabric i was like going to universe and stuff like right. this sort of 10 years ahead uh ahead of you but exactly yeah. the same exactly yeah. the same stuff about justin kerrigan
2: it's shameful but yeah i'll yeah. come on to that later mm. and, and, and actually it's never really been i mean i we, we kind of know some of the um the ins and outs as to, you know, why or, or, or you know, fallouts that he had with people uh, uh, around that film. But it is odd. It, it's odd that the actual story hasn't ever, as I understand, maybe you'll be a me different come out as to what.
3: I've, I've heard bits and pieces that he was kind of disillusioned, broke, like, like truly yeah. broke. He did do a, 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 another film, which is, I, I've it. not seen it, but it's meant to be really, really good. But oh. he's on record as saying like three people went to see it. Um, right. but he has got a new project up and running which is oh. a satire on celebrity culture.
2: Interesting, so a film,
3: yeah, an actual film, oh, yeah. Interesting, right? So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that because if anyone in the UK film industry deserves to have a huge volume of work, it's Justin Kerrigan,
2: yeah. Actually, yeah, I mean, I'm just i I'm have just I'm it now. You're right, he did do another film with Robert Carlyle, which, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just odd because. You know, it's not just that the film spoke to me uh, and so forth, but it's the fact that it's just beautifully shot. And presumably, it was a tiny budget, but it just—it just all seems real, which is why yeah, we all liked it absolutely. so much.
3: I—it was the first film that I could. This, you know, as you mentioned, not like, train spotting. I, you know, I got it and I loved it. But this one, this spoke to me like nothing else ever
1: has or ever yeah. Probably
2: will. Yeah, big time.
1: I mean, has anyone's opinion on him changed since? first thing, I don't think mine has I've never really paid any attention like I don't really have any famous people to to what their personal life is or anything like that, I know he had some issues around this column in Zoo which is probably ghost written for him and all that kind of nonsense but I've always just thought of him as as a good actor who's made some bad choices but Mm. the majority of films of his I've seen I've enjoyed and have not really changed my opinion I think if anything my opinion of him has got better because as we mentioned earlier he seems to be More like self aware or or, or confident than himself when he's appearing in interviews or on Mm. panel shows or whatever.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting how when he makes a shitty film, everyone wants to scream about it. And yeah, you know, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal made a terrible film last year, uh, but you just don't hear about it. Like, something big, you know, Uma Thurman made a a terrible movie that made like 40 pounds in its first week. and and And, you know, I can't remember what it was called now. Might be know, motherhood, be. yeah, yeah motherhood. motherhood, motherhood, yeah, and like, and granted, actually, that was news, but but people just like to give them a kicking, and you know, it is a class thing. You know, in the you know, ninety percent of the people working at these broadsheets and so forth are middle upper class, you know, privately educated bell ends, and um, <laughs> uh, and and so of course, but so it, it, it you know, it, it can only be that, and the thing is, I think it probably does bother them that when they kick him, it doesn't bother him. You know, mm. critics like to have um, power. They like to, and I'm, and I'm not dissing all critics, obviously, and I'm certainly not doing that, but I'm talking about the people that go out of their way to uh, write negative stuff about Danny Dyer, um, which actually isn't all of them, because to be fair, every time, every now and again, there is a very smart piece in something like The Guardian saying, you know, why does Danny get such a kicking When, You know, and people always use that example, you know, Harold Pinter, Harold Pinter loved him um um but you know and, and then i guess the conclusion that was come to is uh he does make a lot of shit films but so do a lot of actors in america mm-hmm. you know
0: uh well he's not the first actor to 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 take a film for the money, is it? Exactly. I mean, really? Exactly. You know,
2: and and, and to me, it's more it's it, it, it's more unforgivable when the McConaughey's or the or when Renee Zellweger does Hot Pursuit. You know, she makes twenty million a movie. She doesn't need that extra ten mil. To make create yeah. a piece of shit to rich steal my five dollars ninety-nine last night. Like ten minutes <laughs> in my wife was going, How do we get our money back? We must be able to get our money back. And I said, Well, it's kind of my fault because I did see on the screen it has like the it has the Rotten Tomatoes aggregator thing and it was eight percent. Um, mm. but um you know the thing is with British movies and the movies Danny's making, you know, and I don't know, I'm I'm shouting throwing figures out there, but you know. We're not talking ten million. We're talking a, a grand, five grand, ten yeah. grand, that kind of thing for for three months' work. You know, i.e., a normal working wage. Um, so what? What? Um, it, it, it's it's odd that yeah he would be slow for doing it when clearly he's just he's got three kids to feed.
0: Yeah, it's a very very well made point of oh, think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I my opinion, just to sort of I think finish off this hmm. section, we, we're kind of. All in agreement, really, mm. that we kind of liked him to start with, and now we kind of like him even more. Yeah. Um, I felt the same way, but I I did fall victim a little bit to um stereotyping him as that geezer. Yeah. You know, and kind of uh, what 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 changed my opinion more was um I started to notice and they get linked quite a lot, but I, I don't think they've I can't think of a film where they've started together. But Ray Winston. Yeah. And I thought he gets cast as this geezer, and people think of him as just that. Yeah um you know guy from scum or the guy from sexy beast or whatever and i i started to think well no i think he's actually a, a properly good actor he's a proper actor i don't know why he's got this yeah uh, this um reputation and then i started to think well actually that's how i judge danny dyer maybe <laughs> maybe he's a good actor and i should check out some more well, of his films And it was it was paul who kind of pressured me into to trying some more and i found actually yeah i do i do think he's a good actor i think he's even like last week, we had gone on the podcast called Callum, and we mentioned we were doing um, a corridor of praise episode for Danny Dyer, and he sort of sniggered and was like, "Oh, what? what why? Why, are we, why are we doing that?" And I thought, "Well, no, actually, I'm, I'm going to defend this because I yeah. genuinely think it's a it's a,
3: I get it all the time. Every, if yeah. I tweet, I'm watching a Danny Dyer film. Anything to be, somebody guaranteed will send me a snidey comment or take
2: the piss, yeah. or do you know what? Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Fuck off. And, you know, that that's, you know, that's really the only answer for someone that's going to be that that lazy about Mm it. I mean, I mean, one of the best analogies of Danny's career is is the Michael Caine one, which, you know, Michael Caine Mm -hmm. now is a is a, you know, a legend, an icon. You know, he went through 20 years of being a complete uh, considered a complete joke um people laughed at him you know he always played the same character blah 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 you know again possibly a class thing possibly because he did make some shit films um he also didn't give a shit i mean i mean it's a very similar trajectory and i, I basically think that the same thing is going to happen to daniel i think there's going to be a a moment i mean the moment it will be when he basically wins a bafta for something and then suddenly everyone's going to be forced to you know and and bottom line is, is we've all seen it coming a mile off um Going back to a point you made, actually, and I, I guess I wasn't being, I m- missed something out. You mentioned the zoo thing. I, I will say that it, when that happened in 2008, 2009, um, yeah, I was completely on on the, uh, what an arsehole um, bandwagon, actually, having been a fan of, you know, a human traffic, a fan of, of, of Football Factory. Um, and I was actually, at the time, touring, a it was my first national tour, um, uh, doing stand-up, and I toured a show called The Bad Boy of Feminism, and it's basically because, long story, I have a degree in feminism, right? And so my shtick was, well, I, I basically needed an angle. I was new, I've been doing stand-up for five years. I was doing a tour, I needed a hook. And so I was like, what's what's, what's what's unique about me? I'm just another boring white male comic banging on about the same shit. And I'm like, well, I work for a men's magazine, and I have a degree in feminism, that's interesting. So I basically <laughs> tried to make feminism funny, Uh, before all these women came and did the same thing and, you know, robbed the idea off me, you know. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, But before before it was fashionable in comedy, I was talking about feminism. Um, I was there first. Uh, Anyway... uh Um, it's on record, Dave. We've got it. Yeah, this yeah it's on record. Now. Everyone knows. Sorry, um, I'm just
3: having a lay down now after I've, I've discovered you've got a degree in fucking
2: feminism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can, we can come back to that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but, but there's
0: Paul having to go at me for going to uni to do journalism. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Um, actually, uh, hey, I did, we... I, did, I did. I didn't just do journalism. I did
1: sports journalism.
2: Uh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I went
3: to polytechnic.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we all did. Yeah, so I was. Uh, yeah, mine was Kingston, and they um. But a segment of my show was about the Danny, um, uh, you know, zoo incident, the, the the cutting your ex's face incident. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of I was basically essentially I was basically pandering. I was jumping on, a, on the bandwagon. And I did think it was it was disgusting that someone would say this. But it's that thing that kind of happens even more now with Twitter and people get really raged about something. But it's like, well, you know. And again I'm not saying these people should be lambasted for it but you know Jimmy Carr, Frankie Ball, these guys make jokes like this every night. Um Danny Danny obviously wasn't actually saying that people should do it. It it you know it it, it was a it was kind of I guess in terms of a joke which he is someone that just talks how he talks all the time which doesn't excuse it and definitely doesn't excuse the the sentiment. But we all often say very insensitive and offensive things to to our friends like you know it's like when someone dies or um, there's some terrible tragedy you know we may and that, that doesn't mean that, that that we think those things are actually funny i mean i i did a, you know i did a cancer joke on saturday night at, at, at a gig because i was challenged to say the most offensive joke uh, i could tell um uh, that doesn't mean that i think cancer is in any way funny in the same way danny doesn't think that um but 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 i will say this so my, my opinion during that period was that uh uh was that he was obviously in the wrong, but then that's something that he, he admits now. And I must admit, when we were talking about doing the book, it did cross my mind that given part of my profile is as a feminist comic, I was worried, would it uh, would it jeopardize that or would it affect that? And I actually decided to actually uh, be able to argue it and, and did get into that argument a few times with people. And um, I completely stand by the fact that you know, he's not like Sean Connery and other people who, who uh, Dr. Dre, who have actually beaten up women and are uh, on record as mm-hmm. doing that. He made a, sh- a stupid joke. If Sean Connery and Dr. Dre have been forgiven, I mean, you know, if Bill Cosby's not being prosecuted for actually raping a hundred women, I think we can let Danny off for making a joke.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I remember speaking to a friend at the time who, who was at the Sun, and he said. That would have been some dickhead sub on the other end of the phone. This is all dialed in, and it's just blown out of all proportion. I yeah, mean, yeah it's fair enough. We all say yeah. stupid things
2: to our mates. Yeah, and, and and as I say, I mean, politically, I did I, I I did have an issue with it for for some time, but actually, you know, it, it possibly wrongly, um, you know, and it's just weird now. Whenever the Guardian, I mean, it, I think even Mark Commode still brings it up in you know, in reviews now, like he still says. Uh, hmm. uh, you know, oh, this coming from the man who thinks it's okay to slash your ex. Well. It's like really, you're bringing up a joke someone made when they were drunk over the phone to someone five years ago. Definitely not relevant. Don't
3: get me stuck. We, we, we've already dealt with commode with, uh, yeah. with good friend Jonathan.
0: Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Southcott. yeah, your co author yeah. of um, the films of Danny Dyer, yeah. which we, we interviewed. Well, I say we, Paul interviewed yeah. um, Jonathan recently, and I think we're going to introduce the clip now. Cool.
3: Jonathan, brilliant to have you on board um, As you know, we're, we're going to be talking about Danny Dyer's filmography And, uh, uh, and the book that you um, produced, the films of Danny Dyer um, Tell us, how did you in- get introduced to Danny, your initial impressions And you know, how's your relationship with him now? Um,
5: I, I first met Danny, um, it must have been 2006 or 2007, in a nightclub. We were introduced by our mutual friend, Tamer Hassan. Um, we were both off our faces, and there's not really much more to report on that. And then this weird little project, one of those strange little footnotes in the Dyer book, um, came up in my life. I was trying to be a film producer, and I got introduced to these guys who were making this thing called The Rapture, which you've probably read about in the book. Yep, um, And The Rapture was supposed to be a kind of 15, 20-minute um, promo to raise money for a big-budget movie. And Danny and Tamma were attached to it. Um, and Tamar left. He and the people who were making it had a bit of a falling out. And they came to me and said, could I get Martin Kemp to do it? And I said, yeah, sure. I was doing stuff with Martin. And I got to know Danny on that. We, we got on quite well. Um, I didn't really know who he was, to be honest. I, hadn't kind of, I wasn't really tuned into the Nick Love movies as much as I perhaps could have been. But I I noticed that he had this massive, massive level of fame. And it really came home to me one night. We were filming at a race course. And when he walked out onto the track, everyone stopped looking at the horses and literally (laughs) people turned around and looked at him. And I thought, ah, this guy's probably quite a big deal. And he was very humble with it and very kind of chilled out. He was, at the same time as that, he was shooting Dead Man Running. So he was literally coming in the car from Dead Man Running at six in the morning to do the rapture and then going back to Dead Man Running um, at, at night um, So we obviously had this this very strong work ethic And over the next couple of years We, we sort of became friendly um, We did a couple of other pictures together He did some small passes a favour In um, a terrible vampire film Called Dead Cert that I did and... <laughs> Which <laughs> I have seen, yes I actually quite liked it Bad ah, Man, it's bad um, <laughs> and, and we did uh, uh, What's it, um, the other one, Just for the Record Which, which was a fun idea Just ham fistedly executed Um, And and we did other bits and pieces. We did a football video called Danny Dyer's Football Foul-Ups for Revolver, which was a big success. Um, And and shifted a lot of units, didn't it? It did, it did. It was the biggest special interest title that year. And and at the time, I think Danny was in this weird kind of um, limbo of, you know, he was still doing good movies and proper movies, but he was also doing a lot of rubbish to kind of pay the bills. And there was this sort of dark summer for him where everyone who came to him with a couple of grand in a bag saying will you be in this film he'd say yes to which is why there are all these awful anomalies on the cv like jack said and you know all that kind of rubbish um and and he and i used to have quite sort of soul-searching conversations about that and he didn't want to do it um but you know he was a, a movie star living on a job in actors wages which i think is something that people didn't realize at the time
3: no well, that makes sense and and how is your relationship with him now in the present day
5: well, I haven't seen him for a while because he's so busy on EastEnders. You know, I mean, obviously they, they they work him like a dog on that, and he's so good in it as well. I mean, he's actually made it watchable again for the first time in ten years. Um, and, yeah, and I
3: mean, I I stopped watching it, and then I, when I found out he was going to be, you know, running Queen Vic, I think it was New Year's Eve or something. It was on and night, you know, everything stopped, so we could watch that, and that was
5: awesome. Yeah, and and I mean, I went down there to see him um, when he first got the job at, at that Christmas, and. At that point, he was still a bit in awe. Like, we walked out onto Albert Square, and he was like, I can't believe this is real. Um, and then I, I saw him down there last summer, and um, it was, he, he was totally at home. You know, he was the king of Walford, which is, is terrific. And, and what's so lovely about EastEnders is that everyone, all the naysayers, get to see that actually he is a bloody amazing actor. And, you know, he's made a show with a 30-year legacy completely his own. Um, which I think is a, is a testament to his his acting and his star power, which is, is as far as I'm concerned completely undiminished.
3: No, I t- totally agree, and hence why you know this almost came about because of that. I was you know pretty much fed up with people, you know the the critics' punch bag, if you like, which is completely undeserved. Moving on to tell us a little bit more about you. I mean, you've got uh, you, your own company. What what are you working on down there at the moment? Who've you got involved?
5: Uh, well, I, I've, I've obviously, I make films, I produce movies. I also own a film studio in East London um, called Peacock Film Studios, where we make our films and occasionally hire it out to uh, to other people. Um, and we just, we made a couple of movies this year. We made Bonded by Blood 2, which is a, a Range Rover Murders film. Um, and we made We Still Steal the Old Way, which is a sequel <laughs> to the film I make called We Still Kill the Old Way, um, which, which did quite well on DVD. Um, so we made those. We're... we're about to start another action movie called 52 Pickup, which is basically the Hunger Games for Hitmen. And, uh, you know, similar kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm never going to be the guy making sort of musical westerns set on the moon.
3: No, that's absolutely fair enough. I mean, you've, you're almost going down this. We watched, um, myself and Owen watched a documentary about Golan Globus. I don't know if you've seen that. Idols of um, mine. I,
5: I mean, not necessarily idols personally, but, you know, the canon is what I grew up on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and if I could be making uh, American Ninja and Death Wish Fall then I'd be a very happy boy <laughs>
3: <laughs> moving towards Danny's filmography how, how did you come to write a book about it I'm, I'm guessing it sounds like the kind of
5: idea that came up in the pub no do you know what it's not that It's um, when, uh, when we were making Vendetta which obviously became a very successful film was very well received critically and everything else it wasn't like that at the beginning. Everyone said no. Everyone said, is toxic. Get another actor. Don't use him. It's an awful idea. And, you know, I just started to have a little bit of success as a producer with films like White Collar Hoogan and Four of the Essex Boys. And I thought Vendetta was an amazing script. Um, Steve, the director, also wrote it. And there was no one except Danny that I could ever really see doing it. Um, but all, and, and I was used to going out and pre-selling these movies, so I'd go to a distributor and say, you know, this is what I've got, here's the, the package, give me X amount of money, and they would. And they all said no, which was really weird. Um, and, you know, we, we had to put the money together privately, and it was just, it was just this constant barrage of, of, you know, Dyer's poisonous, He's, he just does his terrible movies. We had actors drop out because their agent said you can't do a Danny Dyer movie. Um, and so James uh, Mullinger had become a very good friend and is a very good friend, um, and he and I were chatting one day, possibly in the pub, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I said to him, you know what we should do? We should write a book to show that Dyer is actually a, a movie star, and the jumping off point for it was when I discovered this, this neat little bit of, um, of trivia, which is that one in ten people in the UK have bought a Danny Dyer film on DVD, and that, that's, that's, no, but that is a significant thing. I mean, show me another, with the possible exception of Hugh Grant, show me another British actor you could say that about.
3: That's, that's uh,
5: like six million. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a hell of a lot of, of people. Now, all right, most of them have ended up in CEX, but that's okay. It's been bought in the first place.
3: Well, uh, I, actually, not. I mean, because I, I, I go to boot fairs quite often, and I can tell you that the, the film that appears most often is actually Taken.
5: <laughs> it, it, it's taken a layer cake. There you go. <laughs> I don't know why, brilliant. but but occasionally I'll have a little trawl in CEX to see which of my back catalogue has, has ended up in there, and uh, it's never vendetta, so that's quite flattering. Um, but yeah, we just thought you know here's an opportunity. We both you know obviously James was, was the comedy editor at GQ, so a very um, esteemed journalist, and I, I'd done a bit of writing, and we thought this could be a, a fun thing to do. And it, but it was always about to establish um, you know Danny's credentials off the back of vendetta really because because you know we'll we, danny and i both had a lot riding on that movie um and i, I met the publisher um uh, this guy called darren who has a company called caffeine nights and he wanted to publish a novelization of vendetta so i said that's great we're going to do that what about a film about uh, a book about the films of danny dyer and uh, and i gave him that that statistic and he he liked the idea of it um so so he commissioned it thankfully
3: and how how was the work divided up? Did you did you actually have to watch every rewatch every film
5: yourself? No, we split it in half. We literally split it in half, um, and it, it made sense that James would write about my films because obviously he could be more, um, you know, unbiased. Because um, obviously all I want to do is slag off all the wankers that were. <laughs> <laughs> You've got into the swing
3: of our podcast now. That's normally how it runs. Oh, I was
5: I was going <laughs> to ask you whether or not to um, swear. <laughs> I think
3: I think we're, if you hadn't have done we'd have had people complaining. <laughs> uh, right, okay,
2: okay, okay.
5: So so James, and James took on I suppose the more sort of dramery ones. I mean there were, there were some films that I really wanted to write about that that kind of interested me and some that really interested him. I think the early period stuff interested James whereas the kind of revolver um period stuff interested me.
3: Yeah, I mean using it as a I mean I've had that had your book kind of with me for the last 6 weeks as I've Work through or, or either watch for the first time or rewatch. you know every single title and, and had to buy pretty much all of them and it, it, some of the the not so good films
4: mm.
3: have actually been made more interesting by being able to read kind of what went on in the background and and, and how they were made and stuff like that, and they all make a lot more sense when you <laughs> yeah, and, some, and some of the way they were I remember the the criticism of you know it only took fifty quid at the box office and all this kind of stuff but when you realise that they were just making a headline out of something that wasn't really true, because it was only shown, you know, one cinema or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to get, um, you know, a proper background on these films. I want to ask you about the kind of the snobbery when you know and why Danny is so you know maligned by 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 critics. I mean, I went on a rant not long ago about Mark
5: Kermode who I find really objectionable the massive tosser but yeah i am um, i i actually caught komoda um oh, what was it not the woman in black one of those new hammer films at a press screening of it i was sat behind him with billy murray and we tapped him on the shoulder and said die was coming in a minute and he moved um, <laughs> what's, what's, what really pisses me off about um komode is that you know danny doesn't have a platform to fight back you know and and Commode is a guy with a squeaky voice. Danny's a guy with a deep voice. And yet still people go, oh, that Danny Dyer impression is really funny. Yeah, the, the guy's a tosser. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, and he'll never give me a good review anyway. Apparently he said to one of the PRs when uh, Vendetta came out, still, so, oh God, it's Dyer and Southcott. What can I possibly say about this one? So, uh, so fuck him. Um, but the snobbery thing is, is really weird. I don't get it, you know. And I always said that, that people wouldn't say it about Michael Caine. The way they, they do it, Danny. But of course they did. You know, it's very easy for us to forget that Michael Caine now isn't the Michael Caine he was in the seventies and he, in the did, image was, era. He did he, was, was... he do like Jaws? Was it Jaws four? Was quite, it Jaws three three D? Oh no, Jaws four is a good film. He was in that. Yeah, and not Jaws four. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's great Come on. Um, but yeah, you know, every every working class actor is always going to be open to criticism from middle class critics. Um, that's that's just the way the world goes. Um, and, and I think Danny always took it very much in his stride and was very grown up about it. Um, you know, and, and he did have people stopping him in the street saying, "Here, mate, I bought city rats and it's not like a business to at all. I've been done. Um, and, you know, what's he supposed to say? He didn't make the film. He just turned up for four days and looked pretty in front of the cameras. It's like it's not really his fault. But hmm. you know, the, the, the problem with the audience declining in, in that era as well. Was that they they fall for the cell covers once, they fall for it twice, but then the third time they'd see one of those black, white, and red covers and think, no chance, I'm not being ripped off again.
3: Yeah, I mean, I we uh, this is something I want to want to get into because g- g- people who don't know that can you kind of give them a background on on the sort of the, the great cover cell if you like.
5: Yeah, well, there was there was this distributor called Revolver who did an awful lot of good work um, and you know got a lot of independent films out there and did sterling releases of of some some kind of proper Danny films like Dead Man Running. But they, um, they they picked up this film called City Rats, and I went to a really early screening of it. Um, and it was it was a, it's a solid little drama. It's definitely not a kind of geezer movie. And um, they picked this up um, because one of his other films had done quite well. They picked it up. They they and basically they, they packaged it to make it look like a sequel to the business, which it very clearly wasn't. Um, and it did it did monster numbers on DVD. Um, so they then went and bought an old Danny back catalogue title called Borstal Boy, which is a kind of, you know, quite touching gay prison drama, and yep. made of a scum too. Um, <laughs> so suddenly the game was on that every distributor would buy a Danny film, give it one of these black, white and red covers um, and, and pitch it as a gangster movie. And the first time I kind of fell victim to it was when Metrodome bought this really silly comedy that I'd done called Just for the Record. Um, which is a kind of uh, spoof, a mockumentary spoof about the film industry. And and Danny in it has slicked back hair and a pencil moustache and wears a suit. And the cover is black, white and red. Danny in an old still, um, Craig Fairbrass and guns and knives. And it makes it look like a gangster movie. And, you know, people were stupid enough to not stupid enough, but but, but you know, To get on board with that, I mean, I I actually paid to have a reverse sleeve made that was actually representative of the movie. If you take the sleeve out of the package and turn it around, then you see the comedy sleeve. Um, Oh, okay. But, you know, it didn't do any good. And obviously, they didn't put it out for review or anything like that. So no one knew. So just the people that bought it were really disappointed, which is is so frustrating. And it happened again. I made this zombie movie with Danny called Devil's Playground. Um, And, you know, it's a kind of futuristic 28 Days Later-esque movie. And they've done this cover of Danny and Craig Fairbrass, again, standing on the cover back-to-back with hammers, and it kind of looks like Danny and Craig raid the tool shed rather than Devil's Playground. Mm. Um, you know, there's no sign of any zombies on it, that's for sure. So I, I just want to uh, interject here, and just I want to recommend that everyone does
3: try and see Just for the Record, because I genuinely think it's really, really funny.
5: Well, we had, we had a lot of fun making it, that's for sure. And, you know, Danny kind of based his performance on me, he likes to tell people. Um, but you can
3: that. I like to think you're wearing a suit and a pink tie right now, Jonathan.
5: I am. How did Excellent. You know um, it was. It was. It was great. It was a lot. You know, the, I think the problem was it was a bit too much fun to make. You know, we were all getting a bit carried away on that. And you know, the, the, there's a there's a spark of genius somewhere in just the record. I'm just not quite sure where it is.
3: So moving on. Um, swiftly move, on. Swiftly on. We're really keen now to get your uh, top three. Danny Dyer films gives a little overview of, uh, of your choices and uh, yeah so far away
5: okay I think number one has to be the business because it's such a cool iconic movie um, you know it's it's like going on holiday for an hour and a half with two really cool guys um, and I think it's it's Nick Love's best movie um, I think it it was Danny's best performance for a long time um, I think Tam is absolutely bloody brilliant in it. I think it's the best thing he's ever done um, it's got a great supporting cast great soundtrack it's it's a really 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 cool movie so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. The second one would be the Football Factory. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably still the definitive football hooligan film. It's not, although I've made a few of them, it's not really my thing. But but I think again, Nick Nick Love, very talented director, did an amazing job. Um, you know, again, great sporting cast. Tamera's great. Frank Harper's great in it. Little Callum and Roland are good in it. Um, and and it was the first time you kind of looked at Danny and thought, you know, maybe you are going to be a Jude Law or Ewan McGregor or or one of those those kind of guys. And Although he's gone in a different way, I think, you know, that, that stardom is catching him up. Um, so I think they're both awesome. Um, and, and you have to forgive me being biased, but I think Vendetta, just because he's so bloody good in it. And also the th- the difference between Vendetta and all the other Danny films is, is the first one where he actually plays a man rather than a boy. Yeah, uh, that's true. And we, we, we deliberately, you know, the beard was a very deliberate choice to make him not look fresh-faced. Because, you know, Danny has a very youthful face. So the beard and the clothes and, you know, all that. I mean, we, I, I spoke at length to the costume designer because we were trying to make him look like an off-duty soldier. You know, so we didn't want him wearing a, a T-shirt and, and, you know, white trainers. Um, and, and I think it works. And I think it's, it's the best performance that he's ever given. Um, and it's certainly the best film I've ever been involved in by, by, by a long distance. And, and every couple of days on Twitter, I still get people saying it's their favourite movie. And I say to them, well, hold on, you know, have you not seen Jaws or Star Wars? <laughs> but it's so flattering. And I've never, although I've made 30 movies, I've never made another one that's resonated with people the way that that one has. Um, so so they, they will be my three. And uh, I've got to ask then, is, is Jimmy Vickers coming back? Well, if he can ever escape from bloody Walford. That's the, <laughs> you know, although, although, to be honest, um, there, there's, also, there's always been a problem with Vendetta too, which is that... We made the first one for a very, very, very low budget. And the idea was always that we'd make the second one on a much bigger budget, whereas the industry is reluctant to do that. They actually want us to make the sequel cheaper. And so Stephen Reynolds and I, you know, we didn't ever just want to have Danny shooting muggers in Coventry as a sequel. It just felt a bit... "Mm." Um, you know, we, we, we came, Steve wrote a brilliant script um, about the SAS being put on trial for what Vickers did in the first film and and Vincent Regan being kidnapped and Danny having to come and rescue him. And and it just seemed, you know, the reaction was that it was just too big. And I, I think we, we'd all rather not make a sequel than make a sequel that wasn't as good as or better than the original one.
3: Lastly, before we go, we'd love to get a recommendation, something that people might not have seen from Danny's filmography.
5: Hmm. I think the obvious one for that is uh, Malice in Wonderland, which I thought was a terrific movie, um, terrific performance from Danny and everyone else. It came and went. I remember going, I went to the premiere of it with Danny, um, and I I was blown away. I remember coming out and thinking, this is a movie I wish I'd made. But the usual story, you know, they make it look like a bloody gangster film, and um, it did no business and and disappeared. And and all the people I know who've seen it really, really liked it, Um, but unfortunately there's not many of them. I think it's still out on DVD. I don't think it's been deleted. I think Sony released it. So if if that's one that can be uh, grabbed, I mean Maggie Grace is in it and uh,
3: who's taken, isn't it? She's she's really good. It's quite trippy though.
5: Yeah, I mean it's not an obvious mainstream movie, but you know it's a proper movie, and I think had it had a decent campaign. Um, you know, marketing campaign behind it. it, it would have got a lot of um, a lot of good reviews and a lot of kind of positive coverage. It, it, it should be a cult movie, and for some reason it's not, you know?
3: Okay, um, before we go, where can people find you online, and what, what have
5: you got coming up in, in, in the pipeline that people might be able to want to watch? Uh, if, if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at SoftCult. And uh, I've got, like I said, a couple of movies out uh, late this year, early next year, Bonded by Blood 2, and we're still still the old way. And you'll see them in all good video stores and some bad ones.
1: So to look through the list of of Danny Dyer's films, um, I suppose you can kind of break it down into to three or four periods. There's the the early films, kind of around a time of, of human traffic. There's a Nick Love era where you've got like the Football Factory. Uh, the fiercely sack kind of thing mm. and you've got the revolver era and now you've got eastenders
0: yeah yeah it's an interesting one to cap it off isn't it eastenders but i guess we'll we'll get to that um well, eventually well,
2: i guess one thing that we didn't talk about was the fact that he you know, he was he obviously swore at one point a few years ago that he would never do eastenders mm. um arguing that it was the kind of uh that's what people do at the end of their career but of course in his instance it's obviously the thing that's completely revitalised him.
1: It looks like he's. Yeah. he's I know we'll come onto it later, but it looks like he's absolutely loving it as well. Yeah. It looks like he's rel, you know, reveling
2: in in being in the Queen Vic.
1: Um, yeah, and,
2: and and the fan base suddenly, you know, like the, the it's insanely popular now, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's amazing. Yeah, like mums love him. That's the thing that's you know.
0: And it gives. Well, him, he's always sorry. been
2: that boyish sort of
0: good looking guy hasn't he yeah. i mean he's got that reputation for being a geezer but the film roles he's played yeah. he's not been the overbearing obnoxious gangster type has he i mean yeah. he's always been the sort of likable one of the well bunch,
2: well, well that's yeah. a very fair point which i don't think ever gets made is that um you know the commos this world make these points that you know that danny always plays gangsters always plays and actually you look at his thing he, he, he he's not i mean i think pimp might be yeah. the only film where he's an actual gangster um in the others, it's just different variations, which kind of says everything about the prejudice: is that, is that to commode anyone that's working class is a gangster. Um, I've, um, um, I've, I've, got, I've, I've got
3: a cut in here. I, I've, as I've watched all the Danny Die films, I've, I've done little like favourite quotes from them.
4: Yeah.
3: And I've got two from Pimp. Oh, yeah. Cunt
4: bubble. Yeah, yeah. And
3: Fanny like a clown's mouth.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. oh, God. Well, <laughs> <laughs> crack on. Yeah, yeah, um, P- yeah, Pimp isn't his finest now, but neither is it, you know, any worse than a million other films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
1: I mean, yeah, he started off acting, um, in some in, in Prime Suspect 3 or a, a Coca Cola advert that we found a little bit earlier that me and Which Paul had seen.
2: Before. Wow.
3: Yeah. Have you seen it, James?
2: I haven't actually,
3: no. Oh, we'll send you the link after. It's amazing. Tastes
0: like chicken. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, he
3: <laughs> comes on and says Coca Cola tastes
1: like chicken. Well, no, really? it's basic, Basically, so Coca Cola ad. Basically, his, his mum's bought own brand cola. And he opens a fridge and goes, ah, oh, mum's at it again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what this rings about? I think I have seen it, yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I tell you what, I must say, my favorite thing that he's ever done is an ad for a boxing game. It's Derek Chisora versus someone and it is it, I, I used to play this in the office like, it was actually like on my like come like beer o'clock in the office I'd crack open the red stripes and I would crank this up and it is and actually I, actually, I think the, the, the quotes from it are used in that trailer for my, for my tour movie but it's literally um it's it's basically Danny walking down the street and he's done and going you know Boxing, it's happening, you know. Derek Chisora, you'd be a mug to miss it, right? And, and, and it's amazing. But what is so absolutely brilliant about it is that he clearly, like, you, you know what's happened 10 minutes before they start filming. And it's like, where's Danny? Oh, there's no sign of Danny. Quickly, phone Danny, he goes, what? Oh, I didn't promise to do that, did I? Shit. And like, <laughs> he runs it, like, he's hung over as fuck, right? He's just, real... And you just know that he's just come running down. And then he's just going, what have I got to say? Right, boxing, controversial, so what? Right, and, and it is far none. It's my favourite thing. I absolutely love it. Anyway, sorry, off the point. <laughs>
3: I'm going I'm to get, because I know um, Jonathan was saying that he watched um, a lot of the latest stuff, but you watched all the early dramas, James.
2: So we yeah.
3: need to talk about just very quickly okay. Trench,
2: Ballstall Boy, Green Fingers. Yeah. Well, so the interesting thing, obviously, post human travel, which we talked about. Trench and Boy are obviously uh, both just very interesting choices and actually not my types of film at all, but brilliantly made quality British dramas. Greenfinger's less so, and they, I think they thought it was going to be a big hit, and it, and it wasn't. Um, you know I really what?
3: Enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Green Fingers. I thought it was a right laugh.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't hate it. It's the kind of film my mum would like, I guess. So, you know, you should meet <laughs> up. You should hang out with my mum a bit more. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um but yeah, yeah, it kind of is just, the, yeah, the trench it was. but I mean, it, it, really, those movies are the ones that show where it looked like his career was going to go, which is taking interesting roles, and of course it's telling, you know, the other actors that were in those films from Daniel Craig to whoever else. But I think everyone thought that was Hugh the way. Right... And
3: James Bond in the same film. Yeah, I right. To read a picture of him, and you know, so together at last. You know, D- Danny and James Bond.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's hard to imagine. I guess the, the interesting thing is, I mean, Danny is, for the most part, I believe, you know, happy with his lot. You know, he has a a a, a great career, a loving family. He, he sees his family all the time. He's not away all the time. Um, but I guess the question is, is that at that point, you know, what are, are there different decisions you could have made that would have led to a Hollywood career? I mean, maybe not. I mean, it also, also, it's a weird thing that, that people often people often use not being in Hollywood as a example of a lack of success. But the crazy thing is most people don't a lot of actors don't actually want it like like, mm-hmm. like it's it's a weird thing. It's like with being a stand-up. Everyone assumes when you're a stand-up, oh, you want to be on TV. And it's like, no, 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 I got into stand-up because I want to be a stand-up. Like, th- this isn't me trying to explain away the fact that I haven't got a TV show, which by your benchmark is a sign of success. To me, being a successful stand-up is earning money doing stand-up and being able to support a family on telling jokes on stage. That's the dream. And so similarly with an actor... So I, I guess what so I was going to say.
3: Uh, are you living the dream, then, James?
2: Living the dream, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally living the dream, and and I believe Danny is too. In that he earns a very good living doing what he loves. So a lot of people go, oh, you know, if he'd, have, if he'd have carried on doing trench and borstel Boy type movies, he could have ended up in Hollywood. Well, well, for what? Like, like hmm. what? You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, put, I mean, I like visiting there, but it's not, it's not the kind of place I never want to live. And I would imagine he feels the same. Uprooting his family, he's, he's very loyal to. And um, very loyal to his family, but also you know he has a big extended family. So, um, just, uh, interesting choices is how I put them. And, and to be honest, as I say, they're not my kind of movies. I mean, the, the first one that really is my kind of movie was the, was the Football Factory.
0: Yeah. Although, just quickly before we move on mm. that far into his career, mm. um, have you seen Tabloid? Or did Jonathan watch that? And have you seen it in English? No, not
2: in English. Exactly the same as you. Do you know Do you know this, James? Because I. <laughs> I yeah, have to watch it in Italian. Right? Yeah, I I, I heard, which is insane. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> isn't it weird to think that a movie with that cast? Yeah. Like, how does that movie get buried? Like, with all the crap that gets released, uh, you know, on various formats, or rather, in now things can just be, you know, put on Netflix, us, Why has that movie disappeared?
3: Because Matthew Reese is like from the Americans, which is an amazing show, and he's yeah, like hang on, I know, John Hurt, and I'm thinking, I know all these people.
2: Yeah. It's not in English. <laughs> yeah, why, and, and, and as far as I know, it's not, I mean, Danny doesn't think he's ever seen it.
3: I think he um, like, read that he, a, a Japanese fan, gave him the DVD with the soundtrack. Right.
2: I that's mean, and it is bizarre, like, I mean, it has to be said, there aren't many movies with Amelia uh, Elizabeth Mastriano and John Hurt plus Keith Chegwin like, that does, <laughs> and AZ Harriet, that doesn't happen often. Um, but it does look like a real curiosity. And what, what does it cost? It costs three million. To, I mean, yeah, how that hasn't been at some point. And with a title like that. Do
3: you know what it is? They, they probably mocked up 20 different black, red and white covers mm. with hooligans on the front and couldn't quite make it
2: work. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and it, that's a very interesting point, because that's where. He got this shitty reputation from for only doing gangster movies, which is, you know, movies like City Rat, which was one of the best-selling DVDs that year, um, because of the fact everyone thought it was like the business too, and of course it wasn't. It's was a very arty, you know. I mean, granted, I've tried to convince myself otherwise, but I do think it actually might be terrible. Um, um, but, can I just?
3: But, I it is it? It's in my bottom two. Put it that right. way. Right.
2: Yeah, um, and the thing is, though, it, it it is terrible. But it also, even if it wasn't, it would not be what the people who want the business to were after. So you know, the, the, the main way in which Danny was stitched up over the years was people mispackaging movies he's in, and him, and and, and of course, you know, I mean, him not realising that that would happen because City Rats, You know, I'm, I'm assuming what happens is he gets phoned up and asked, "Will you for a couple of grand, will you act on this?" Uh, low-budget, intelligent drama about the misery of life in London, whatever. And he does it, and the next thing he knows, he's on the cover with a gun in his hand.
0: Mm.
2: You know.
0: So, um, I guess moving on to later in 2001, when Tabloid was meant to have come out, um, there's a couple of things, Steve. You've already mentioned uh, Mean Machine was your your first introduction to him. Why why don't you tell us what you thought of Mean Machine then? I mean,
1: he's not he's not the central character of Mean Machine by any many means. It's a it's a Vinnie Jones film. It's also got mm-hmm. Jason Statham in it. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a it's based on The Longest Yard, and it's a prison movie where in The Longest Yard they put an American football team together, and Mean Machine they put a. Proper football team together to take on the guards <laughs> in a in a friendly match, which is anything but friendly, of course. Um, and it's, it's it's enjoyable if a little bit silly, and, and you know, with Vinnie Jones being the lead, it's it's not going to be excellent by any means. But he's yeah, in that Danny Die plays like a, a nervous, not like a nervous, but like a shy, not like his usual kind of confident character. Like he's he's not very good at football. Whereas if you know he was a bigger role, you expect him to be the, the best player or something like that. So it's not, you know, he's not a big focus of the film at all. But it's a, it's a watchful enough film.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree. It it, it is a very different um, character for him, and one that, um, again, it's it's the kind of thing that gets ignored when people want to um, uh, generalise about him.
0: Hmm. But also, in two thousand and one, was another film that he starred in which was Goodbye Charlie Bright yeah. which is his first first uh partnership I suppose or yeah. first film with um celebrated writer and director Nick Love yeah uh, yeah which w- I I actually haven't seen I I've I've watched um I think there's three others that he was in of um Nick Love's films Goodbye Charlie Bright's the only one I I've I've not seen of those but and it's probably... From what I gather, it's pretty, it's pretty good, yeah, actually. Yeah, well, well. It, was,
2: it was extremely well-reviewed. And, and I remember seeing on Channel 4, when Nick Love was dating Patsy Palmer from EastEnders, there was a movie called Love Story that he wrote and directed that starred a lot of her, her plus other people from the cast like Paul Nichols. And I remember going out on Channel 4 one night. It's kind of about junkies. And I remember watching it when it was actually aired and thought it was brilliant. And, of course, you know, the tabloid assumption was that he was dating her to get all of her mates in this in this film, uh, obviously, don't know if that's true or not. But um, I remember really liking Love Story, and it was a brilliant, brilliant short film, kind of train spotting vibe. Um, and yeah, Goodbye Charlie White was extremely well reviewed, and I believe it had a glowing write up in Vanity Fair, and you know, Americans noticed it. Um, so it was interesting that he went from that to football. I mean, I guess the point with Goodbye, Goodbye Charlie White was it was a very realist... Almost, you know, not you know, a, a kind of a young Ken Loach, Mike Lee type thing.
3: Yeah, it was um, a bit kitchen sinky, but I really liked yeah. it, and I thought, you know, you know, I thought Paul Nichols was was, was fantastic in it as well. It was really, yeah, really good. Great cast. Yeah,
2: I really enjoyed it. It is a great movie, and it's just interesting that Nick Love essentially his films got more bombastic after that. Like, they're, they're, it was far, they're far more brash, which. Um, which is interesting because Goodbye Charlie Bye is quite a, a, a sensitive and, as you, as you say, kitchen sink drummery type thing, which maybe people would like to see more of from him. But um, that said, Football Factory, I do think, is absolutely bloody brilliant.
4: Yeah,
3: I love it. I mean, people got, the, the problem is it wasn't so much the Football Factory. It was a lot of the stuff that was kind of fed off that and the, the whole hoolie porn thing.
4: Mm, yeah. And yeah, that
3: yeah. kind of dragged the football fa- and, I, and I don't think the football factory deserves that. I, I think it's, you know, I loved it. I, when I first saw it, I mean, I'm not a hooligan. I mean, fucking I support Crystal Palace. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. But there was, there was definitely, post that, there was a stigma attached to liking that kind of film.
2: Yeah, and and I, 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 fuck 'em. Yeah, I, I I I agree. I mean, part of the film I mean I mean and there's a lot of things people forget. I mean, Empire did give Football Factory, I believe, a four star review when it came out, and really it, it, that's a deserved thing. I mean, at the time I remember going to go into a screening to watch it on my own and uh being extremely excited by it. You know, and again I mean I didn't even like football, so it's really it's definitely not my life, but I love you know that camaraderie thing. Um, <laughs> that I've seen a movie, and of course, it's um, it's hugely. I mean, I guess what I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, it, it definitely brought some of that criticism on itself. In that it was it wasn't glamorising Hooliganism, obviously, but but, it, but um, we are we were being asked to like the characters, possibly more yeah. so than we were asked to like the gangsters in Goodfellas.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Frank Harper as Billy Bright is a really horrible character. Yeah. I mean, he's a really nasty bloke. But there are moments in there where you're, you're asked to think, well, why does he behave this way? Is it as simple as being bullied as a kid by his dad? Or is it... Is it due to sort of environment or yeah. you know is it nature or nurture what's what's the actual condition here, and you get to see him be vulnerable, yeah, which is quite a brave move for a film like this to try and pull but off but i think I think it does I think it gets through through to the viewer that yes they they are football hooligans, yes, they are going around smashing each other up, shooting each other in pub toilets and stuff but there's there's something about that that community there and 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 the friendship and the camaraderie that you mentioned, and yeah. and you, you're sort of invited into this world that you otherwise perhaps wouldn't be a part of. Yeah, I mean, or
2: want to be a part. I of. I mean, yeah, the the, the first ten minutes, or 50 minutes of the film are absolutely spectacular, where they suck you into that kind of that walk, and you're like, yeah, and you think, yeah, you know, that's, you know, I'd like to be a part of that. And then the violence is is bone crunchingly nasty, um, mm. and and you're like, well, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that.
0: And the characters all do, they all at some point do something that means that you will, if something were to happen to them later in the film, you wouldn't perhaps be that disappointed, to
2: to put it one way. It's true, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, regardless of the, I guess, regardless of the politics, it's just a brilliantly made film.
0: Mm -hmm. Have we, uh, any of us read the actual. Novel by John King,
2: yeah. I i, I did I, after I first saw the film, and it is completely different. I mean, it's it? it's 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 yeah, it's I mean, they, I, I don't know if they've taken some character names, but I don't even think many of the stories are the same. It's pretty much title, it's it's you know, yeah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. So it's it pretty much is Nick Love's story, yeah, you
2: yeah,
3: yeah. To he yeah. yeah. took but away it, it, the okay. violence. I mean, I've I've been to England away in the World Cup and the Euros, and you know, follow Crystal Palace and stuff. And we have a really good laugh, and you're with some really good pals. The only thing missing is that, is the you know, smashing bottles over each other's heads and stabbing each other. The rest of it's really <laughs> spot on, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And, and that is a very good point that pretty much sums it up. It's like, why can't you have male camaraderie in a laugh without ending in a hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess the, the, the bizarre choice that Mick, Nick, Nick Love made was then to go on and remake The Firm later when to most of us we thought The Football Factory was the new firm the new version mm. of Gary Oldman's mm. The Firm like it's like, oh well, it's an update of The Firm and then to suddenly then remake The Firm which is essentially the identical plot was was odd
0: yeah it's, it was a strange decision I mm. guess but um, perhaps he's I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but perhaps he may have got a bit fed up with the imitators who th- took one element of Football Factory, yeah. which was the hooligan element to it, and yeah. decided that that was the popular bit it, of Football Factory, yeah. not the actual perhaps characters,
1: and imitated perhaps it. Perhaps that's why Football Factory suffers, because there's been so many awful football hooligans in films, starting with probably Green Street that tried to have, pass a large mm. Wood off as a football hooligan, um, yeah, and everyone yeah. just sort of goes, "Oh, all
2: them rubbish football hooligan films like the Football Factory." Yeah, you're right. Are, you're right. Yeah,
0: with without actually giving it a chance.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and and that's what it is. It's grouped with all the shit ones. I mean, the weird thing is, is that I guess the thing I haven't yet confessed to is that I love. Uh, well, I had a joke in my in my standup show about Danny Dyer. In that, um, you know, whenever there's a big football hooligan incident, people always go. Oh, they're not real football fans, and and it's true because I love hooliganism, but I hate football. Um, <laughs> so, like for me, I I think we need to stamp the football out of hooliganism. <laughs> Does uh, do, do, do yeah.
3: Ted have a team then, James?
2: I actually don't know. There was a Maidenhead <laughs> team, but I don't know what they were called even. Um, I just reading. Yeah, yeah, reading. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just. I, and so I, I have every single one of those hooligan movies. And I mean, some of which, you know, uh, Jonathan uh, ha, ha, has been behind um, and of course now has, has moved, uh, moved on from. Um, but the, the interesting thing that happened with the hooligan movie uh, after this was and actually I mean, I was a fan of the of the movie White Collar Hooligan, which is when Jonathan and I first met was, you know, I was a fan of that movie. Um, but, but what was interesting, of course, is that it's called White Collar Hooligan and you've got a picture of someone being a hooligan on the cover. But the movie is actually about credit card fraud. fraud. And there's mm. like one scene of hooliganism here. And that's the odd thing that happened, where you've got all these movies that purportedly about hooliganism, but they were actually about something else just being sold that way, which is very disappointing yeah. for the man like me that just wants to see another rugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I watched that the yeah. other night.
3: Nick Nevin's brilliant. I love
2: him. He he, he 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 is great and um and it's one of those things that it, that is a solid film yeah and if it's very
3: was, it's a proper like crime caper
2: yeah, and if it was sold as what it was, which is but i guess the the credit card for it doesn't sound like a sexy it, it proposition. Does. you know well, it does
0: to me I yeah, think yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah well,
2: I, I i do wholly agree
0: <laughs> so i guess if the the hooligan element is the thing that you like about the football factory. Uh, James I'm guessing the other half wasn't one for you
2: no you're absolutely right <laughs> that, that is one that I did not enjoy that is that's an odd one where you, where it's one of the only ones that I watched thinking how did this get made we'll become now we come to how it would get made I mean he wanted to go out and, and watch the games and watch they, football yeah <laughs> and fair play to him um yeah
0: I didn't think it was that horrendous, I quite liked to be it. I
2: was <laughs> terrible.
3: I like, quite like all of them. I didn't oh, yeah. enjoy the other uh, half at yeah. all.
1: Uh, you didn't? No, but it was another one that suffered with, with the, the marketing, because it had two DVD covers. One that made it look like the kind of film it was, and one that made it look like it was a football hooliganism film. Yeah. Black, black and White with Danny Dyer with Vinnie Jones stood behind him. That's and right. If you, if you look at that and think, right, well, that's football hooliganism all over. And it, yeah, and, 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 it, and it couldn't be far, further removed further from Hooliganism. Removed, yeah.
2: It's about a bloke on his fiance trying to sc- scav off and watch some football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, and th- th- there lies the biggest problem. And when you, if you're a Danny Dyer fan and you spend your hard-earned cash on a, on a DVD wanting to watch a good old rock, and then you get mm-hmm. home... And it's that you're not, you're not sat there going, Oh, that bloody marketing department, uh, uh you know, you, 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 you're sat there going, Dyer, you can't, right? yeah. you know, um, and, and therein lies the problem. <laughs> yeah
3: we let's i mean where are we at we're at 2006 now let's should should we touch on straight heads
2: well Well, i was going to say let's
0: rewind slightly should we just rewind a little bit and go to the business yeah Yeah. because we sort of skipped over the business a little bit i know i thought we were going to get to this in our top threes but go on crack on to the business (laughs) okay so it is another um of those nick love films and it's also his second film with Tamo hassan i believe um where now, I I was talking to Paul about this very briefly before, before we started recording the podcast. And perhaps kind of naively, I
2: described it as a kind of British Scarface. And that's, that's a, because... That's a fair... I would say that's a fair comment. I'm sorry to enjoy, I'd say, Because actually, I recently watched Scarface and controversial, but it ain't... As good as we all have allowed yeah. it to become. Anyway, carry on.
0: As the poster as yeah, yeah, the number of posters it sells, how many yeah. um, fans it probably actually has. I, yeah.
3: I mean, I love the business. I absolutely love it. I think it's hanging out with those two idiots is mm. just an absolute blast. It, 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 looks, looks, it looks really
1: cool.
2: good. The all,
1: the, all, the, all the 80s fashion and. Oh, you know, yeah. You've
3: yeah. Got a flock of seagulls playing Iran. That's it, I'm yeah. done. I'm I'm just I'm just oh I love it so
2: much. I, I I agree. I mean I have watched it a dozen times and I put it on to show people and it is packed with classics. I think when I first saw it, I was disappointed because it wasn't Football Factory was so even though it was slightly you know, whatever, it it it, it was it the Football Factory felt authentic. My hmm. what I was hoping for the business was that it would be a very real good fella's um realistic crime and actually it's not it's a very glossy it, it, it it's a romp rather than a crime epic. yeah
0: it is a bit of a caper it's really, a caper
2: yeah it? yeah exactly and even yeah. though there's some you know heavy scenes of violence in it it's it is all a bit silly and i actually thought i was actually kind of expecting and hoping for a fucking masterpiece which maybe that's uh mm. that's my own overdoing i have but to the, say
3: i gotta bring in jeff bell yeah. He is fucking oh, yeah. awesome.
2: He is he a is proper
3: bastard. Yeah. And there aren't enough proper bastards in cinema.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. There aren't, <laughs> there aren't enough proper bastards. And he he is terrifying, which definitely does a lot for that film. Um and and of course D- Danny's great in it, the, you know, even though we already love him, his character is is brilliant. You know, you do Yeah. You, you you go along with him. And that bit when he when he drives off and then he drives back and he's going, you know, I could go home and do this so I could, you know, stay here and mm-hmm. whatever, you yeah, know, I can't remember the speech. It was like, uh, what was I going to do? You know, of course I fucking was or whatever it was.
4: Yeah. You know, it's
2: just a brilliant moment. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I must admit, I was expecting more when I first saw it.
0: I think i perhaps had the same reaction mm. i expected of all of the danny dyer films i was watching of these like that, paul made me not made me mm. watch but suggested some films for me no, to no i, to I try made you
3: watch i said i'll fucking cut you
0: no you <laughs> <laughs> you made me watch the other half that was your fault yeah. but yeah you suggested the business as one of his better films i think and i went into that expecting it to be his best and to, to have you know have the classiest sort of um direction to it It'd be really slick and funny and well, yeah gritty i guess gritty and realistic uh and yeah as we've discussed it is a bit of a it's a bit of a caper isn't it a bit of a crime caper and it's not really what the football factory is Well, i watched the football factory after the business um and I loved The Football Factory. I thought Football Factory was fantastic. Mm. The business, I still like. I still like. But it perhaps wasn't the film I was expecting it to be. And therefore, I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much yeah. for that. Yeah. But I do want to watch it again. I do. I would have absolutely no objections to sort of sitting down, putting the DVD on and, and going through another 88, 90 minutes with, with Dyer and, and Hassan I agree. Again. It's,
2: they're great. I mean, for me, the, the, the two things that are missing from it was, I mean, the, I thought the Diabolical ending uh, yes, wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't good at all. I thought, and obviously it, it's an odd thing, you know, Harvey Weinstein's girlfriend now wife being in the movie, and obviously now she's a you know a, a brilliant fashion designer. But obviously mm. acting wasn't for her. Otherwise, I think she probably would have done more acting. Um, you need someone to look a bit sexy, yeah, yeah. yeah but, if, but I think you know, that that character, if that character was going to hold such weight, that character needed. Uh, yeah. to be someone... There needs to be more layers to a kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface, right? Where there was a lot mm-hmm. going on behind the eyes there. Um, uh, and, and the other thing for me was what I really... What enticed me about it is I love the whole... Post, I love the whole concept of, you know, these crims leaving London after, a <laughs> after a, you know, armed robbery gone wrong and going to the Costa del Sol and what it's like there. So I was kind of expecting a bit more... Like a backstory, I'd have liked to see more of them back in London, and also I'd have liked to see. Let's not forget this movie makes out like they're the only ones, and they're the they're the king dicks. There, well, actually, that that strip would have been full of a hundred bars owned by a hundred crims Like, imagine what a fucking awesome movie that would be, just about <laughs> all of those legends, right? And then all of them going to war with the whole Russian mafia, right? I tell, tell you, I mean, I'll tell I mean, I did say it was like when. A movie that I have been conceiving for years, right? I want to make the ultimate, like, Jive Bunny mega mix of gangster movies, right? Where I pay absolutely no respect to timeline, right? (laughs) So basically, basically, the, the cage fighter that was banged up for the biggest cash robbery ever 10 years ago teams up with Ronnie Cray because because Buster <laughs> Edwards left an un, an un, an, an, an left a bag of money from the Great Train Robbery at, at Kenny Noyes' mansion, right? <laughs> okay, now when they get to Noise mansion, they discover that some of the Brinks' Matt Gold's still there. But then Tony Tucker, Craig Ralph, and Pat Tate hear <laughs> about this, right? right. And so they, 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 form a fucking, they form a team up with the IR, 80s IRA, right? Who comes, but I just want, I just want to fucking mix all of the things that I love from every
3: movie. And Billy Murray's, <laughs> playing, every, yeah, oh.
2: Billy Murray's playing every character. Billy is playing every character. Okay. <laughs> this is my dream movie. And then, and then like, and then obviously, obviously Barbara Windsor is playing like the crazed mum. Mm-hmm. And, and then she comes out with a machine gun. I mean, I mean, basically, you do it all, but but you keep it on, but you never go into the into the um, whatever the world is, the supernatural. There's no zombies. There's no like, no one comes back from the dead. It's all done as real. You've but just it's...
3: done the modern day kind hearts and coronets, haven't right, you? Right, right, exactly, <laughs>
2: exactly, right. Just an epic, yeah. and also just make it like like fuck the critics. Make it three hours, right? Do a three hour <laughs> epic where it's literally just yeah, noise mob teams up with the Essex Boys. To to fight. and then of course you know the ICF are there, Cass Pennants there, like These just... subtitles. Yeah, yeah, like everyone's in it, <laughs> and every crim that's alive is in it. They, 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 but then of course Tony Tuck and Pat Tate can't get annoyed to tell them where the rest of the Brinks mat is. So they can they call up Eddie and Charlie Richardson who <laughs> who, who, who dust off the fucking ball crushers. Right? I mean, sorry, I could go on, but and just uh, yeah, don't don't give all this away. All <laughs> What's that? <laughs>
3: Does it end with Bertie Smalls grassing them all up?
2: Exactly,
3: exactly. Right. <laughs> Just goes on. i love right. you know who Bertie Smalls is, but there you yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yeah.
0: I'm going to introduce you to a website called Kickstarter a bit later. Then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to produce a producer credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you keep it up to date as more and more things happen. Like you, you even have the, was it, what, what is it? Not the Richardsons? What's oh that family that only recently got quashed? Um. Well, there was obviously, like, Goldfinger that got killed oh, a few
3: they, weeks they, ago. Yeah, or like, well, the recent they yeah, with all the uh, safety deposit boxes.
2: Yeah, and as ludicrous as my idea sounds, does it sound any more ludicrous than a plot movement where a bloke gets shot to death three times and then for five days the police think he's had a heart attack? <laughs> Did you hear about that? That's what <laughs> I'm, No. That's absolutely happened. Goldfinger, the guy who got off with Brinks, Matt, who clearly obviously had all the gold, and, and is one of the, you know, the the main guys that's been getting away with it for years, was about to turn supergrass, grass. And, and, and the, anyway, was found after a heart attack. The police found him and said, oh, he's had a heart attack. Then a week later they go, oh, no, actually he was shot three times. They, they just, I mean, if, if, if one of the biggest crims in Britain is found lying on the ground, you don't think, oh, that'll be a heart attack. And they, no one bothered to check. This is true, Google this, This sounds like I'm making it up. This is amazing. This is absolutely yeah. true. Anyway, sorry, it, we'll go, it, we'll
0: go it, back to what we're talking about. What, what, yeah,
2: what were we doing today? Oh, Danny Dyer,
0: that's
1: yeah. right. say, <laughs> was yeah. not there? not there also some chances who
2: drove a digger into the Millennium Dome and nicked some jewellery? Exactly. No, but <laughs> they can't be in it because they're fucking idiots, right? All those legends I've been talking about are fucking icons, mate. We're not the kind of idiots, idiots <laughs> in, in a movie Idiot. about geniuses. Well, it sounds, yeah, there was
0: this kid at school who nicked Mars bars yeah. from the shop. <laughs> I think but, um... but it, sounds,
2: it sounds a bit heavy. You need a bit of comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. very funny. I mean, when when you you know, if you don't if you don't kind of pull out in front of him on a highway, he's a very nice man. (laughs) 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 I have no idea if that's what happened. uh... Uh, Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, Danny, Danny Dyer. Yeah. Um, Danny Dyer he makes films what, what, yeah, what, what, what are we on against
2: human what? traffic yeah good movie what's next Buns yeah. okay.
3: <laughs> I think we're in 2000 I think, no we're just about to get to Outlaw right, out, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: well just before that even sorry to jump in there again uh, was Severance which we haven't really talked about other than saying that it's his highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. um, it's th-
3: the one uh, where he suddenly realised that if he was self aware it would be really funny, and you know what? It bloody well is. It's absolutely hilarious because Danny Dyer plays Danny Dyer. It's so much, right. I, I yeah. and I love
2: the film so much. I, it's such a laugh. Uh, it's it, it it's great, and it's interesting that it got it did get really good reviews as well.
4: Hmm.
0: But yeah, Chris, yeah.
2: Chris, it's Chris, quite highly
0: rated,
3: but he's a you know proper
2: director. He you know he's a
3: Triangle and um, Creep and uh, Black Death, I think it was. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you've got a a, much like when he works with Nick Love, you've got a real, you know, proper director making proper films. Mm. You know, you put him in that environment and I think he flourishes, which begs the question if you actually dropped him into a, you know, a
2: big budget film with a proper director, what would happen? I I, I agree. And it's odd that that hasn't happened where someone in Hollywood hasn't seen one of his things and gone, that guy would be awesome. Mm. Um, I think. Possibly the problem is, is that in those situations, like how, you know, Lindsay Lohan's career was ruined by, you know, I mean, and rightly so. Mm. by Throat like you
3: know, fucking on night vision.
2: Well, yeah, like, like. No, I her uh,
3: career was made by throat fucking on night vision.
2: Yeah, yeah, true. But but like, it, you know, non-appearances and so forth. But Hollywood shooters are so paranoid that Danny has been so honest in the past about uh, the fact that on occasion he have made, you know, has turned up to a. Uh, theatre production fucked, or you know, missed days work. Like being honest, as all actors have, but because he's been honest about it, it's on record. That would show up very quickly in a Google search. And actually, um, in Hollywood, they, they, they with the kind of insurance and everything on those films, they actually. Mm. So maybe that is. You know, it's interesting you say that because that maybe is the reason. That's possibly the reason why.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't have as much as we like him here. I mean, he doesn't have that international star power, does he? That they can afford with people. Like, for example, it's a completely different situation, I guess. But like with um, John Claude Van Damme, who was our last inductee to the Corridor yeah. Prize, who was but, widely known to have all these issues with drugs and drink. I suppose. I suppose, all kinds I suppose an
1: even bigger example is is the gamble that the studios took on Robert Downey Jr. when they made Iron Man.
0: Oh yeah, in, exactly. In being an absolute
1: yeah. wrecked.
2: And, true, true, and, true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is true. I mean, that's true. I mean, but I guess my point is, 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 that, is that, yeah, Danny doesn't have the recognition, but I thought what you meant was the, the actors who get picked up by Hollywood who are unknown and they threaten the movie because they're gonna do a great cameo, because they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, one of my favorite comedians, Mike Birbiglia is now showing, showing up in everything. Like he's in, he's the husband of the sister in Trainwreck. He's in, well, he's in that terrible movie, Hot Pursuit last night. But he's probably everything But suddenly everyone's going, oh, this guy can do what he, that thing. He does really, really well. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's odd that given how much Americans love Cockney, it's weird that no one's watched the movie about like Human Traffic and gone, we should put him in there. Would, but, a, but, would but, a better but, comparison be Jason Mewes? Y- yes, I, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, that's very true. I think, but, I mean, and I guess I'm not just talking about the, 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 the drinking not showing up to work. Hollywood, you know, in those movies and all of that shit, they need to control it. Danny's other thing is that he's completely on record uh, saying everything he thinks. I don't think, I think of a studio thinking about an executives meeting at a studio and they're going, we should put Danny in the Transporter 4. This guy's really funny. Someone's going to do a quick Google search and go, well, if he has the slightest falling out with someone on set or thinks the director's a dick, he's going to tell everyone. <laughs> y- 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 yeah. y- you know what I mean?
1: Right, where are we now? We- we've done severance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So now we're around two thousand and nine, I suppose, with with both um, the Ashley colmrio Third Ferdinand produced Dead Man Running and mm. Adulthood, the sequel to to Kid Adulthood. Um, mm. This time, obviously, he's been um, directed by Noel Clarke. He also started another film. It, with it Noel starts
3: Clark, to get but... a little bit muddy around here because you've got some really good films, yeah, and then you've got you know y- y- your City Rats and Jack Said, which is I have to say. Fucking abysmal. Yeah, but then you know, Doghouse is good. Malison wonderland you know, it's a real mixed bag. And I think Jonathan touched upon this. It was like mm. you know, it was a um, you know a, a a big film star living on a, a jobbing actor's wage. Well,
2: right, exactly, and that, that comes
3: to the forefront around two thousand and
2: nine. Yeah, like it looks insane that he did five films in two thousand and ten. Um, but then that's not insane because if you're making two, three, four, five, ten grand a picture. And that's, you know, two months work, when well, it makes sense that he would be doing five of those in a year. Um, and then also, in some instances, like City Rats, that was probably a day's work. Adulthood was a day's work. A bit, uh, the thing I'd say about Adulthood is, I think both Killard and Adulthood are spectacular films. Yeah. Um, and, you know, believable and do not look in any way low budget. I mean, I'm, I don't, they, they probably weren't low-low, but I'm sure they were on, on a budget. Um
3: I think Daddy's on record as saying that they had like swordfish on the at the catering truck. So yeah, they were on they had some money behind them.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 does sound alright. <laughs> um, um Yeah, so go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm just going through, I mean, because I know this is probably where um me and you, James, have seen all of these and I'm guessing the guys you haven't seen any of these, have you? Um uh,
0: I've seen a few.
3: No, I don't think I
0: have. So we're looking at like Devil's Playground. I've seen. Um,
3: well, let's just start Look, Dead Man Running. I think was a re- I, I know we took the Mickey because it was Rio Ferdinand and. Um,
0: yeah, as soon as their names came up on the opening credits, I just thought, Oh God, it's this film. Mm. I haven't heard good things about this, but it was alright actually. Yeah. It was, uh It was quite decent. And I um, love a
3: caper. I genuinely yeah. love a caper, and this. You've got, you know, Danny Dyer and who you can't help but love spending time with.
2: Hmm. Exactly. And, it's yeah. fun. It, it delivered on what uh, so many of the other artworks had been promising.
4: Yeah. All of these exactly. shit
2: movies that have been, you know, so for a fan of either of them, bloody, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's weird. I remember watching a lot of these films, like I would watch them, like it be a Saturday night, my wife would be out and I would just get, you know, it's a cliche, but I would get six beers and a pizza, and I would just sit and watch the movies that I couldn't necessarily watch with her. And I remember watching that for the first time. And again, obviously there's stuff that could be better about it. But what would I rather watch that night? That or a thousand, um, or... or, or if, you, if you gave me a choice between that or every single movie that's ever been nominated for an Oscar, I would pick that. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah. It's good. Yeah. And Doghouse was very well reviewed as well and and a good movie. But as you say, it just got buried by City Rats. I
3: really enjoyed it. I had such a laugh at Doghouse. I'm
0: I'm pretty sure Doghouse is the first Danny Dyer film I watched and uh, I again, sort of fell victim to that trap of uh, it's just a bunch of, you know, it's an Essex boys film, it's all these idiots. I'm not going to enjoy this at all. Oh wait, actually, this is this is quite fun. I'm getting into this, yeah. mate. Oh, this. This is really good. Actually, I, I quite like these yes. characters. I like the actors. It's, it's, yeah, I enjoyed I think it. Meant to... I like Noel Clark, I think. I, that's part of what, what drew me into Doghouse. Yeah. And Danny Dyer himself is really funny in it, which yeah. also helps.
1: So I think I meant to bring this up earlier on, but you're about the same age as me, similar age to me. How was Doghouse your first kind of Danny Dyer film? Because you've um, been put off by his is the
0: reputation that preceded him. Partly, partly I had, yeah. I think I watched it around the same time like I said when I um sort of thought, well why am I defending Ray Winston for having this reputation but actually being a good actor, but giving the same out like the opposite out for, for Danny Dyer. Yeah. And I gave it a a go and I thought, yeah, no, he he is good. He isn't just the geezer character that that he's am I, the, am I the only
3: one who's actually older than Danny Dyer here, then? Oh, uh, How old is Danny Dyer? He must be nearly 40, I think. 38,
2: 39? Yeah, I would guess right. so. Yeah. He is,
1: let's just find out for definite. He is, 30, <laughs> is 38.
2: There you go. Come, James, how did you not know? Come on. I, <laughs> I, I, I knew we were roughly, I actually, I actually thought I was older than him, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah. just a few months younger, I
0: guess. That may have been from his Wikipedia page, so we, we'll take that with a pinch of salt. Well, it's, got de-
1: it's got his date of birth
0: <laughs> as well. So. Yeah. Actor, former football club chairman. Yeah. Danny yeah, Dyer's age. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I like Doghouse. It was the first one I saw. Mm. Um, but I... Also, around that time, are films like... Another one, actually. This is what... I, I, I'm blaming you entirely for this, Paul, for giving me the DVD of the All Together with Martin Freeman yeah
2: Oof. that's another one that was packaged up like mean, <laughs> minutes now
0: yeah no. the, it, the TV oh, producer
3: God. and the postage siege and it was just yeah. it was a mess yeah, yeah it was not good
0: it was not good exactly at that's, hey the, at that's least that's
3: we're just... celebrating you know everything on this podcast it's not just saying oh Tony's eyes brilliant we love
2: everything but yeah we, you know
3: yeah, which was the point of our
2: book as well. Yeah, exactly. Just to yeah, exactly be honest. yeah, If yeah, there's we were no just way,
0: I'm here to gush over Danny Dyer. It would <laughs> perhaps give an unfair representation of the films that he's that he's yeah. been in. Yeah, i 2010,
3: there was a lot of stuff going on there, and I, I, we'll come back to just for the record. But um Pim. Do you know what? It was a really good performance and completely over-the-top batshit crazy from Danny Dyer. In fact, one of the most mm. ridiculous performances he's ever done, but it's not a good film.
4: No. That's yes,
3: good. I agree.
2: That's, um, that's true. Last
3: seven, we can, again, he's, he's barely in it. It's, it's you know, yeah. The Basement. Yeah. That's
2: but basement it, the Basement, that's the worst film that's ever been made. It makes
3: no sense. You've got these people; they, it, they walk down this blimming manhole cover in the countryside, and then after that, I genuinely—I watched it, and it makes no sense at all. It just looks. Yeah, like is the it, isn't there a twist involving the, the, the same corridor again and again, shouting at each other? Yeah,
2: it, and then isn't there a twist involving David Wicks? <laughs> or is it someone else it, there's like a twist with david wicks from Eastenders, <laughs> where where he, he's like standing in like a doctor who like but i can't remember <laughs> all, all i remember is it's fucking dog shit. it is <laughs> actually, terrible. actually it's um, weird. i'll tell you this i went um, the all together was the first one i watched for the book like oh, sometimes okay. i watched obviously i'm watched, um, but it was the I sat down to watch, and it was weird because I was actually trying to like it because I was watching it, obviously, with this kind of uh, trying to get this defense in mind of, like, yeah. uh, you know, people. Um, so I think I remember, maybe I remember finding some good in it until it got going. <laughs> and then I didn't. <laughs>
3: I've, I've actually got my notes here from the Altogether. Yeah. And I yeah. I've only got two sentences. One says Martin Freeman, and the other one says, ergo,
2: yeah. you are a cunt. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah.
2: It. That's, Those that's are the a really only good notes line. I've made. That, that is a yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that is a really, I, I, yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I, I remember writing that down at the time. That is a really good note. <laughs> my my notes in
3: the basement just say, what the fuck?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. I should I have a sign up. Yeah. yeah I agree. Okay. It, it, it's insane.
3: And I've got the notes here from Danny on The Basement. Um, it's He said, It was just a fucking disaster. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> that's it. that's, the, only yeah. two, that's mm. the only two quotes he made on that film. Yeah, so you might I be right it. there, James, that it, it, it is one of the worst films ever made. Yeah. Mm. It's does. Um, there. Dead <laughs> so, I mean... Sir, which is... Um, Jonathan, one of Jonathan's films, the vampire thing with Billy Murray. Yeah,
0: he didn't speak very highly of that, Jonathan, in that interview. I
2: quite liked it. No, I mean, I, I, I also didn't didn't mind it. I mean, yeah, Jonathan's definitely more critical of some mm. of the stuff that he's done that I have enjoyed. Um, and yeah, that's one that I definitely did enjoy. Here's the kicker, though.
3: I Danny Dyer is in it for like ten seconds at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he's on the poster. Into the
3: doorway, and he's got a briefcase and stuff. I watched that in a double bill with a film called The Hooligan Factory.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Seven. Yeah. Yeah.
3: At the start of that, they recreate the Essex boys' murders, and Danny Dyer gets his head blown off in the first 10 seconds.
4: <laughs>
3: That's right. And I watched that. Then I watched Dead Cert. So there was a three-hour gap between Danny Dyer appearing in the first one and coming at... Doing a cameo at the end of the second one.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's it's funny. The
3: least rewarding experience of my um, yeah. Annie Dyer watching experience. That's
2: insane.
0: Okay, just <laughs> before we move on to EastEnders, finally, there's just one film I think that we we have already talked about. Run for your life. But just to talk about before we move on, Vendetta came out in 2013. No. I saw this and I this is from like conversations I've had with with other people actually Vendetta is it's kind of like a turning point for him in his career before the Eastenders thing happened isn't it it was him becoming this maturer mature uh, um uh I guess it's it's just a revenge film but it's done quite well it's done very well I, I, um, yeah. but it's, it's a different I character out for on him
3: cuz you know Owen and myself we watch a lot of Korean films a lot of Korean yes, revenge yeah. movies yeah. If Vendetta had been a Korean revenge film, everyone would be jizzing in their pants over it. I yeah, genuinely yeah. thought it was really good. It was nasty. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a slow burn. You yeah. had the proper two hour runtime. Everything I love in a the Korean shop
2: beautifully.
3: Movie, yeah. Oh yeah, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. It looks, it looks really looks expensive. expensive. So yeah, I mean you James, you can you were in it, so
2: Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, well yeah, I mean I I, I mean, the amazing thing about it, I, I completely agree. It's 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 a it's a great movie, it looks amazing. Um it's weird how again, you know, it did get some positive views. It did get way more positive views than what uh Danny had been getting up to that point. Mm. Um it obviously the in terms of timing, it came out, and it sold, you know, a, a lot of DVDs, and rightly so, and it came out at the perfect time. And, of course, when Danny agreed to do EastEnders, it was still a somewhat of a gamble in that who knows what way that was going to go. But I remember that Christmas Eve when he appeared. I was sat actually at my parents' house, and our book was coming out at the same time, and Vendetta was coming out. It was an exciting time. And um, Danny comes on to EastEnders, and it was just like we were all kind of sat at home, like, cheering him. Like it was, it was this kind of brilliant moment, brilliant timing. So yeah, I mean, I think even without Easternism, and without anything else, the book would have, uh, sorry, the, the 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 film would have obviously helped his career. Um, but you're right, it's a weird thing that in this in, in, in England, I say this country, I'm in mean Canada, but in England, uh, people were like, you know, oh, it's just a it's just a formulaic uh, uh, vendetta, uh, you know, a revenge tournament. It's mm. like, well, yeah, they all are. <laughs> that, 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 that's what they do yeah. even when death wish one did it it was a uh, it was formulaic when death wish one did it it had been done a million times but it's how you execute it and as you say it's weird with you know korean films how uh, they can get five star reviews for having an almost identical plot
3: oh james i'm not kidding i've probably yeah. watched 30 or 40 korean revenge Ooh. thrillers they're all you know paint by numbers and this is you know if, yeah. you, if i compare this to them this stands yeah. out head and shoulders. It was re- I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah, I, 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 quite I agree. I like to see them with... Uh, I know it's, it might be a bit biased, but I like the sort of British flavour to it as well. You know, you can get the, like, yeah. Death Wish. I mean, I compared it to Death Wish when I was talking to Paul. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good to see, like, you, you couldn't get this film in another country. I mean, there are very obvious, like... We talked about the Korean films. Japan's got quite a lot of revenge um, thrillers as well. You can go to Europe, even you know, yeah. Italy and France make make their fair share. Um, but you definitely would not get Vendetta in one of those countries in the same style. I think there's just something very inherently British about it, which is I agree. enjoyable on a certain level. It's, it's yeah, I I liked Vendetta. I thought it was it was it was great. But so should we? Yeah. Should we, I should say should we? Uh
1: end our run through his, his filmography as such with his, his appearance uh, currently in EastEnders. I mean, he has been in some of the big British serial institutions before like he's appeared in The Bill and Casualty and Holly <sighs> Has anyone seen I, I desperately wanted to see the
3: Casualty appearance, <laughs> but I've not seen it.
0: <laughs> of, not to my knowledge, it was it was on at the time in my life when I was watching Casualty, Nobody which is very brief, his which is very brief. yeah. So I may have seen it, but I don't remember, it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, EastEnders. So presumably, Paul As part of your re-watch, You box set binged the whole two hundred forty odd episodes of EastEnders that he's on.
3: No, I... no. <laughs> in when he appeared at Christmas. And I yep. the whole family stopped, stare and watch. And it was like, a, you know, a huge thing. And nobody understood why I was going, no, we've got to watch EastEnders. But no, we don't watch EastEnders. No, you watch EastEnders
0: <laughs> now. And It was and more I, Doctor Who. Yeah, and I've,
3: I've just dipped in ever since. But I think Jonathan, um, in our interview, kind of hit the nail on the head where he said, you know, he's, he's made that show watchable. For people like me, yeah. who give a rat's ass about it. And it was just dreadful. Suddenly... Mm. Oh, Tally dies in East Enders. He's running the Queen Vic. This is awesome. This is what I want to see. Now you're talking. Now, yeah, no, I think it's and it and it's brought him to, you know, uh, perhaps an audience who may not have kind of appreciated him before. And he's been picking up accolades and awards. And he yeah. is going to win a BAFTA at some point. There's no question. And I will fucking yeah. celebrate that day. I really, really will.
2: I agree. I feel like that would be a victory for all of us. Yeah. Amen, brother. Yeah, damn right. But yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah, it made. It, it, I mean, I don't live in the country anymore, and I'm not. I mean, there are English mm-hmm. people where I live that that do, um, you know, invest in huge satellites and vast bootlegging operations to get Coronation Street live here. Um, wow. um, and, and he's saying, "As I'm not one of those people." Wait, but James, did um, you check? Right? It's, it's
3: three. It's five dollars a month
2: for Uno Telly. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, up. yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Okay. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to spend $5 on <laughs> <a> month. But <laughs> while I was doing it, I, 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 was enjoying, I was enjoying him being in it. And it's, what, what I think is brilliant about it is that I, it made me watch EastEnders again. And it made friends of mine who loved EastEnders, and I always used to take the piss out of them for watching EastEnders, they suddenly started loving Danny Dyer. So it was this whole just like Danny Dyer love him. Um, all thanks to his sense, but you're right. He made it watchable, and also he did. I mean, some you know amazing things in it. Like I mean, the whole scene that I believe when his son came out, and how you know this scene was you know, incredibly sensitively done, very well done for one of the, for a, a, a soap opera. And then, of course, you know some of his fan base, and again, I'm not going to stereotype, but, but but some of his fan base um, started sending him homophobic tweets, and then he kind of he kind of owned them, and it was it was quite a magical moment when suddenly the press are kind of all over. Danny Dyer for being such a wonderfully wonderful celebrated liberal uh it was a big kind of step on from uh what was happening a few years ago well it
4: goes full circle if you look back
3: to Borstal Boy where he was in a really touching gay romantic prison drama just unfortunately it was packaged as a hooligan film
2: yeah well exactly right and still is I noticed I saw it somewhere recently they're still releasing it looking at like a yeah um but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's essentially saved EastEnders, and EastEnders has saved them.
0: It does mean Vendetta 2 has been delayed, which is a disappointment. <laughs>
2: that is true. You're going to
0: have to wait a bit longer to reprise your role, James.
2: Yeah, that's true. And I, I've been pushing for that, but they're not having it. Do you think about EastEnders, they...
3: that now Danny's got a you know, regular income and he's you know, not financially beholden to these terrible films,
4: mm. he
3: can pick and choose his roles, and that's going to work so much better going forward.
2: Well, that, that's a very, very good point, actually. Um, mm. That yeah, that he's um, he's clearly doing well out of EastEnders. Yeah, you're right, and he can pick what pick and choose what he does. What he does, and it's you know nothing needs to be rushed. So yeah, it's a very good point. You know, I mean, I Vendetta too. I think is a fantastic idea. The movie is screaming for a sequel, and um, yeah, I honestly can't wait for that to happen.
0: Maybe they can sort of, if Danny dies too busy, bump up that that fiance character into a, a more very leading
2: very truss. good point that I couldn't have put better myself. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, you know, just think how awesome that would be. You know, that character gets wind that Nick Levine has been fucking his wife. Right? It <laughs> yeah. exactly. goes on, a, and goes on a massacre. Um, Danny's busy, but Danny, said so Danny can do a cameo where, I, but in fact, Danny could be the one to off him at the end. He only has to work. Well, there you go. Yeah gets paid the same, I go on a massacre. Um I mean there's a film, right there. Exactly. That All Kickstarter right. website,
0: I am definitely sending you the link later. Yeah. You can look into Kickstarter. I've got to ask.
3: And, when when that when your wife saw that scene, what what does she have to say?
2: Actually, I don't know if she's seen it. She doesn't. She never. She doesn't watch. <laughs> she doesn't really see much of what I do, to be honest. She she comes to my live she shows. She doesn't watch the post any. Post office. Yeah. Well, she comes to my live stuff, but she, yeah, she hasn't. She doesn't really watch my TV show here. Well, I mean, I mean, we're busy. You no. Know. Hmm. She, she's she's downstairs right now, bathing the kids while I'm talking about Danny Dyer for two hours. So, you know, we don't see much of each other. Um, we... But What was I going to say? Yeah I should I should take my line that like one line in the film I'm, you've got yourself a deal That's what I need to do we need to get this movie signed off and they're going to go right James we'll we'll pay you 20 quid 60 days filming you you get to shoot everyone and then Danny Dyer shoots you in the final day and I'm just going to go you've got yourself a deal
0: <laughs> That is um, a very well rehearsed line and well delivered Sweet um, thank you very much um...
3: nice because I know I'm
1: appreciating the time here. Shall we wish our top yeah. threes really good. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: My,
1: my, mine's going to be just really predictable, and I'm just going to say human traffic, the business, and the football factory. Nice. That was brief. Cool.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm. will do mine. I mean, I'm. Mine number one again. Human traffic. We we touched upon Justin Kerrigan earlier, and how it is fucking shameful that that guy's not. I mean, yeah. I, I I thought human traffic was just you know amazing it spoke to me it was you a know, really really important film for me growing up and and uh, you know i don't think any mm. anything will ever have that impact again and i think that applies to you too james doesn't it
2: absolutely absolutely spot on
3: severance number two um you know chris smith we touched on this earlier again proper filmmaker triangle creep black death these are all you know really good decent films And I laughed my tits off watching Severance. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. And to have Danny being completely self aware, genius. Yeah. I'm I'm going off script here, James, so I'm really sorry. But number three isn't in the book. Oh. 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 And it was a TV movie.
2: It was made for Sky. Do you know what it is? Oh, is Harry on the boat. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we listed it and we I bought it and we were going to do it. And then we suddenly realised there was, yeah, there was other reasons. But you're right. I enjoyed that too. Very I mean, good. Will Mellor was great. Ralph
3: Little, yeah. Keith Allen. Caroline Flack appeared in that.
2: Yeah, that's right. She did. And
3: Sim pops up. And yeah. I'm, I'm not sure it's... at the start if the barman isn't Billy Murray, but I can't guarantee, I'm not sure.
0: Um, <laughs> that that are Billy Murray bingo we, that you
3: play? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we play Billy Murray bingo. I don't, I don't want to be like embarrassing because it's not a bad thing. We just, every time Billy Murray pops up, we cheer in a film. <laughs>
2: That's a good game. No, 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 yeah. I'm with you
3: there, I'm with you there. Um, the iconic scene in that though, uh, obviously, you know, you've got all the guys, the holiday reps in Ibiza, is um, Davinia Taylor. Which he yeah, comes yeah. We strap on, mate. When that's, I was whatever was, it was like,
0: "This
2: is beautiful. What a yeah. what a scene." Storing but, that yeah. in the Wank bang.
3: Oh, fuck! He knows.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Over to you guys. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. My three. well, what did, why didn't why didn't you tell us uh, your three favourites then, um, James?
2: Um, yeah, it would be it would be human traffic, football factory. And you know what? It, 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 the third one would have to be Vendetta, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> but not just because uh, it was the greatest moment of my life, but um, also because I think it's an excellent film, and I would, you know, I would have uh, loved it and enjoyed it regardless.
0: Yeah, excellent. Um, mine is very similar. I've got Football Factory, of course. Football Factory. We've talked about it already. Vendetta as well. I, I genuinely did like that film, and uh, Dog House, which I also mentioned, was the yeah. first. First film of Danny's that I watched, and kind of changed my opinion on him. I really liked it. It was it was funny. It was um, kind of it wasn't scary, scary, but it was you know enough to sort of make you jump a couple of times. I, yeah, I like liked so I think it, I thought it was then. I still think it is a is yeah, a, a good little British indie film. Cool. Can
3: we, um, can we get everyone's recommendation for a film that they might not um, have seen then?
0: For the, yeah, okay. Well, we'll go in reverse order then, shall we, to make it quite quite simple. I watched... Um, uh, okay, it is a Nick Love film, but I watched Outlaw yesterday yeah. for the first time. And I think that... Although it is I think it's a film with problems, there were things I didn't like about it. For some reason, it's the first film I've noticed of Nick Love's where it's got that shaky cam stuff going on. You know, that Born Identity yes. style
2: shake... And what's weird I- is why... Does that just come across in that as really shit filmmaking? Given that he's a really exactly. good filmmaker, doesn't make. Sense. I'm not sh-
0: I'm not sure what the decision was, but it I, that didn't really work for me. Um, it threatened to even ruin a few scenes where it it was so distracting from some of the the more dramatic scenes that it kind it kind of almost ruined it. But yeah. it was good enough in other areas that I would still recommend it. I think that the the acting from the cast was great. Actually, I don't think it was Danny Dyer's best performance, yeah, but he was. It was a it was a proper acting performance, if you want, with a you know capital A and actors' performance. It's got a good cast. Sean Bean was good. Rupert Friend was good. Sean Harris was brilliant, I thought. And I always liked Lenny James and Bob Hoskins, so it's got a fantastic cast. Um, it is a little bit of a revenge thriller in some ways. It's it's about people being brought together to. Right the wrongs of the failed police and the law, and when it's letting you're them down.
3: vigilante kind of, yeah, it's more yeah. of a yeah, yeah.
0: But you know, so I, I would recommend it. Just bear in mind, it has got that shaky cam business going on. Yeah. So brace yourself. Take a sickness yeah. tablet and a before. Okay. So James, why don't you not you tell us which one you're going to recommend for people?
2: I mean, it, yeah, it probably would be, uh, as he pointed out, um, is Harry on the boat, which. You know, I I think does that count even as TV movie? Yeah, it should, mate, yes. absolutely. Counts, yeah, it's a feature.
0: You bill. could recommend the bill if you wanted Yeah, the, but, I mean, yeah, 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 but,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I absolutely think that should have been uh should be recognised more. And it's um yeah, it's just bloody good fun.
3: Such a laugh. Even it's yeah. absolutely filthy as well.
2: Yeah. Talking nice. of
3: which, this um, have you seen the trailer for Kill Your Friends?
2: Uh, you know Ibben. what? I haven't, but the book is one of my favourite books of all yeah. time. Like, do you know what? Even and, though
3: we've never spoken before, I yeah. knew that a you'd read it. And B, <laughs> <W>. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just read that book just drooling. Oh, like I'm like, this is, so good. and I mean, and the one good thing about the film is it's been in the making for a while. I'm assuming, I'm just hoping it's going to be amazing. Um, But no, I haven't seen the trailer yet. I saw it was on IMDb, but I haven't watched it yet. I just can't wait to see that. I'm so stupidly
3: excited. Um, Steve?
2: Um, I think, really,
1: I mean, I've not seen as many Danny Dye films from the rest of you. I think the the most little-known one that I'd recommend would be Doghouse. Okay. Um, So, yeah, that more or less brings to an end our Mm. induction of of danny dyer into our our version of of a hall of fame the corridor (laughs) of praise and um yes so thanks for all of you for for listening to all of this and thanks james for for joining us is there anything you'd like to to plug to our listeners while you're while you're with us
2: well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the, the, the film that I'm working on now, which is called The Comedian's Guide to Survival, I would implore people to either um, find me on Facebook, my name is just James Melanger, or my website, com. And, yeah, I'm working on this movie that, that is uh, essentially... A, it, it sounds very impressive when people say, oh, they're making a movie about your life. They, they're kind of making a movie about uh, a situation I was in, um, although the character, who is played by James Buckley, uh, does share my name. Some of the things happened to me, some didn't, but um, I would implore people to check it out. It's going to be out in in, in cinemas in England next year, and it has a whole host of comedians playing themselves, from Jimmy Carter, Gilbert Gottfried. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, please do uh, check it out. But, yeah, just find me on the internet in the usual ways.
3: I'm going to visit a paint factory in Austria.
2: Awesome. (laughs) That is is
1: awesome. (laughs) I I don't need to plug that. I don't know why you've told told (laughs) that. No, I really am I mean, L- literally just no
2: one cares
3: two, uh, <laughs> James is having a, a, a film made about his life which is
1: fucking <laughs> awesome
2: paint factories are good they are <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, right uh, so uh, yes um, me and Owen will be back next week with a return to our normal schedule <laughs> of, of podcasting um but again, thanks to everyone who's, who's joined us on this journey with Danny
2: Dyer. Thank you, guys. It was a real well pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks, James. Thank you.
0: The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at failedcritics.com, on Twitter at failedcritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash failedcritics. Thanks for listening.
4: And
3: Mullinger's um, going to slack
0: you off on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Mullinger's a cunt. I'm going to just leave that bit in at the end. and yeah. keep that recording
5: and just put it on. Um, um, tell Mullinger that he's a slice. That's the, Danny's invented this weird expression called slice, um, which for months I had people tweeting me going, "What does slice mean?" Because he's on <laughs> extenders, he and it's it's when someone's um, not the full pie, they're just a slice. Oh, wow. So uh, you know, we we did this. Um, James did this show, this one man show called "How a Middle Class Feminist Comedian Fell in Love with Danny Dyer," and uh, I I'd wish I'd seen it. I was, it's brilliant, it's brilliant, and and I got Danny to come and record a load of um, dialogue for it. So we just sat in a, a recording studio, you could, Malinger, you can't. Malinger. <laughs> it was brilliant, very very funny.